And now, before we officially begin this week's episode of the Boochcast, I have something very important that I need to discuss with all of you here at the Boochcast Nation. As you know, for many years now, I have been affiliated with a wrestling company called Universal Championship Wrestling. And the company is run by a gentleman by the name of Ronnie Gossett. I've known Ronnie for close to seven years now, and and anyone who knows Ronnie like I do knows what a bright light he brings with him everywhere he goes. Sadly, his declining health has added to the intense depression that he's fought since losing his daughters in 2017. Ronnie, in addition to being a wrestling promoter, also uses his musical gifts to spread joy to everyone around him and invest in his community every time he has the opportunity. Ron's health has begun to severely affect his quality of life and his ability to function independently. After being hospitalized, he has been advised by doctors that he doesn't have the one to two years it would take to get his health under control. However, there is a solution. Ron can get through this physical trial and thrive if he is able to raise the funds for a life-saving surgery. There is so much hope for his life, there is so much joy left for Ronnie to spread, and there are so many more fun nights he gets to create. Fighting diabetes that is out of control, coupled with blood flow issues and coronary heart disease, has brought intense pain to Ronnie's life daily and made even the most simple tasks incredibly difficult. He is losing the ability to work and provide for himself. Ron has been involved in the professional wrestling industry as a wrestler and a promoter for over 20 years with events that entertain many and also makes a living traveling throughout Georgia and South Carolina, facilitating karaoke and using his singing talent to entertain and inspire others. Ronnie will wear the mask of I'm okay forever and is the last person to ask for help. Trust me, I know this from experience. I love Ronnie to death, but he is a stubborn bastard, and he will never ask for help. He has needed friends to help him get to and from events in recent weeks, but struggles with shame, embarrassment, and believing that no one cares about him. His life matters, and it can be saved. Any amount helps. A surgery will save his life and give him the opportunity to live many more years blessing the lives of others, even reconnecting with his children in the future. And that is why I am encouraging everyone to go to the GoFundMe page that we have on our Boochcast Facebook page and donate whatever amount you can to help him raise the money he needs for this life-saving surgery. The goal is to raise $15,000. Now, as I mentioned before, every little bit helps. So you're not required, obviously, to donate thousands of dollars if you don't have that kind of money to throw around. But every little bit that you can give helps. And just to show how serious I am about this, I personally, Vinny Bucci, have donated $50 to the GoFundMe campaign. And I'm doing it for two reasons. One, because I consider Ronnie a dear friend in addition to a coworker, and I desperately want him to get better. But the other reason is to show all of you, the Boochcast Nation, that I always practice what I preach. And the one thing that I always preach to you guys is that I never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, ask any of you to donate money to any cause that I myself 
am not willing to donate to. So go to GoFundMe.com slash Saving Ron's Life. I will have links to this on the Boochcast Facebook and Twitter page for you guys to easily access and donate whatever amount you can. Every little bit helps no matter what it is. Don't feel like if you're donating a small amount, you're not contributing. You are helping us to reach this goal. Let's help Ronnie get back on his feet and get him the life-saving surgery he needs to thrive and provide and live a long and happy life.
Boochcast, Boochcast, party time, excellent. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with a brand new episode of the Boochcast. Party on, buddy. Party on, Elvis. And this week's episode, I got a special title for this one. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a play on words, but also something that I really, really want to use. I'm calling this one Adder One and Adder All. That's the title of this week's show, ladies and gentlemen. Is that, a, is that a stab at me taking Adderall all week, or what's going on? No, it's it, – I, I do know that you take Adderall, but I wanted to bring this up. Um, I tried Adderall for the first time last week. Ooh, and what's your consensus? Holy – where the fuck has this been my whole life? Yeah, okay. I've been saying that the same – I've been saying the same shit, dude. It's crazy. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I, here's the story. Basically, as you guys know, I am, um, I am Buff Bagwell's manager. You know, and I actually, before we recorded, at the time we're recording this, it's Sunday night. You're listening to this on Monday, obviously. But I just got off the phone with Buff because in a couple of hours after we're done taping this podcast, I have to take him, I have to go pick him up at the airport. So with Buff, I've had to, um, also one of the jobs I've had is, um, you know, monitoring his website and we've hit a snag with a couple of things. Apparently there was some. Uh, shipping issues with some merchandise that went out and we had we had a back and forth about that and uh, Elvis knows all about it I won't go into too much detail here on the show about it because I don't want to be the guy that spews a lot of personal shit but Elvis knows about it because I call him whenever I have issues because Elvis has been the guy that he was the guy that told me I should take this job and was that he'd be there to help me if I needed any help and a lot of times I've needed emotional support to get through some of the shit that I've been going through. Well, in addition to being bus manager, I also work at UCW and I also work at Ron's Mattress Mania, which is something that Buff asked me to be a part of because that was the whole reason I agreed to work in this mattress store. Because obviously, you know, I've already I've been I've been in one retail job. You know, I've worked retail in one place. I didn't feel like going to another place. You know, I don't want I didn't want to trade one retail one shitty retail job for another. So that was why I was very much against it. But Buff told me it would be beneficial, it would help everybody out. I would make some good money. So, you know, and it would so to be part of it. So I agreed. Well, um Ronnie decided that since I was helping Buff with his website, he wanted me to fix his websites. Because they needed a fuck ton of work. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I am not a web designer by any stretch of the imagination. I do know a little bit about Wix, but not a lot about, you know, payments online and things like that and setting those up. I didn't have a clue. So this is one of those things where I leave the store, I'm at this house, and I was basically there on a Wednesday from 8.30 p.m. Do you know what time it was when I left the house? Um, no idea. 8.40 in the morning the next day. Oh, wow. Why? I- uh, because it took me that long to fix these goddamn websites. And I was tired as fuck. So, they, so somebody decided, hey, I'm pulling an all-nighter. Someone suggested to me, I got some Adderall. Why don't you take some? Well. I got a question. Before, before we move into the next subject real quick, 
Where did you get the Adderall from? Are you prescribed it? That was someone kind enough to lend you a pill or two for this Adderall? Yes, someone was kind enough to lend me a pill or two. It's crazy. Well, that's cool. I mean, like, you know, before I had the pleasure of being prescribed it, um, I have a person who suggests I go talk to a doctor and go see if, you know, uh, Adderall is right for you, you know, the right thing to do. And, you know, here's the thing, Vinny. For years, I knew I had ADHD. I talk fast. I think fast, you know, and I need something to slow me to fuck down. And I think to me as a man, I'm 41 years old. I think I started taking it about a year ago, a little bit, a year, year and a half ago or something when I first started it. Started with like five, five milligrams and 10. Then started doing, started, started doing the extended release. But the thing is, as a man or as a person for that matter, growing up in such a, uh, a, a household of like you should be able to take care of your own mind you should be able to control your own mind the speed and every and the aptitude of it um i'm not sure what happened to me as a kid where i i became adhd and it's it's not an embarrassment i know at first before i took it that was an embarrassment i didn't want i didn't want um to rely on these pills to get to where i'm supposed to be at but for work you know being a professional working in a corporate setting with so many different when you're wearing so many different hats, you have to be laser focused throughout the day. And if you can't do that, then you're just going to fall behind. So for me, it was the right choice. I went to talk to a doctor. I took a test. Um, we went back and forth. We tried like different milligrams to see what was right. I found a perfect, I found the, fir- the perfect kind of mix right now. Um, but uh, man, it's like exactly what you said before. I can't believe I went my whole life without this. I wish I'd done this earlier. I wish I would have done it earlier and been more focused on different things and whatever. But yeah, it's it's definitely, it's like night and day difference. You know, it's crazy. It really is. And for me, it wasn't necessarily about focus, about the fact that I was dead ass fucking tired. Because that's the one disadvantage to being part of this venture is that a lot of times it's long hours and I don't get to sleep. So on a rare moment where I get a day off and I can crash and I can sleep, it is a gift from God. Unless I come over when to your house and want to do an AW podcast early in the morning. Yeah, in which case I'm like, fuck. But anyway, uh, thankfully, um, I got some sleep before we did that podcast. Um, and of course, you know, uh, w- one of the issues uh, we were having was um, – so I did. I took the. So I'm taking the Adderall, but I was. But I was stupid. And here's how. Here's how dumb I was. I didn't know how strong this shit was. Mm-hmm. So I got. So they. So they gave me one Adderall. I realized how long it was gonna take, and like a dumbass, I was like, I'm gonna take two. Oh shit. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Are you sweating. Dude. Were you sweating like a motherfucker? Oh, I'm going to tell you what happened. I was dead. The second the Adderall went down my throat, I perked the fuck up. I was, fu- I, dude, I went from, dude, like I said, I, I left that house at 840. I did not sleep. And here's the thing. I didn't want to. I was up like a motherfucker, man. I, I, I could have ran a fucking, I could have, I could have ran to Florida. That's how much energy I fucking had. There were times where the laptop that I was using, because I had to use uh, Ronnie's laptop, was running so slow, I had to get up and pace back and forth while the thing was loading. Because I couldn't sit down. 
for too long. Well, it, it wasn't. It, I'll tell you what, though. It's not the computer. It's your mind. Your mind was working faster than a computer. That's what, that's crazy about it. Yeah, uh, I, I was like the person I was talking to who I was. I remember talking to the doctor and I was talking to the person before when he would talk to my doctor. Kind of explain to me what you'd be going through, and if you if if you are, I mean, I think it'd be probably beneficial for you in the future to take Adderall. But I want you to give you some. I want to give you some idea for what's going to happen when you do take it. When you first take it, I started with five milligrams, and the thing is, I'd never taken it before. Even that was kind of strong at first. It goes for a couple hours, and it kind of wanes off. But at night, you can't sleep, and like there's a while you can't sleep. So me. Um, for myself, I usually take, if I have a problem going to sleep at a certain time, because I don't know what is it with me, it's not because I'm a night owl, I have to wake up early. So if I stay up too late, I have to take um, melatonin, uh, these little gummies, to make me go to sleep. Um, so I remember the first month, I'd take my Adderall in the morning, and around 7 o'clock at night, I would take um, the melatonin gummies to go to bed. So i go to sleep around 8 30, 9 o'clock, whatever. Because otherwise, you'd be up all fucking night just thinking about everything and nothing, and it sucked. <laughs> I know, it was crazy. And then, um, so then, I as I'm taking this stuff, so, and then I was, like, in front of the computer, and then I basically, like, I didn't really feel the crash until, like, 2 o'clock when I was, like, at the store, and even then, I was like, I'll take a soda. But I had, like, but I had, like, like, I took two, and there was a third one, there was like there was like five left, and I'm very big on and I and my OCD brain is like if I see odd numbers I have to change them. So I took a third one, put it in like an empty Tic Tac case, and saved it in case I ever needed it again. Um, so I have like one like in case of emergency, pop the top. So I still have it. I haven't taken it, but I was like taking soda just to get home and crash and go to bed and all that. But my thing was, I took this, I took this shit. There was only three like side effects that happened to me the first was my mouth was dry as fuck so i am literally chugging diet coke that's all they had in the fridge at the time i'm literally i went through like most of that diet coke so and you know so i'm just chugging diet cokes because buff was out of town so he wasn't gonna be there to drink them anyway um so then there was that and then the other side effect was my heart was beating like a motherfucker which scared me cuz my cuz I recently cause for reasons I can't discuss on the on the podcast but it kind of freaked me the fuck out um was for that and then the third thing that happened was and Elvis I, I I'm trying to get information on this my I could not stop grinding my teeth the whole day yeah I, I that's I I have I had something to combat that I I got a lot of gum um I went to Publix and got some Orbits or uh, eclipse gum or something, you know, whatever. But that's I used to have that problem too. So I just sit there and just chew gum all day. So people are thinking like, oh, he just wants his breath to be clean. I'm like, no, I'm chomping at the bit because, yeah, I, it, it subsides later on. But when you're not used to it, it's just yeah, it's something else. But um, yeah, I mean, if you gotta you gotta know because the thing is, I learned the hard way. No one told me what to look for. I mean, the person who I talked to before kind of gave me a little remnants of what what to expect when expecting type thing, whatever. A lot of, but the thing is, like, your body's going to be different to my body. Like, with your body weight, uh, with your size, it might be different the way things hit you, especially when it comes to your body chemistry. So it's definitely going to change. So, I mean, I mean, if it's – I mean, for me, it's it's done wonders. I've done better at work. I've uh, been more focused, um, you know, like laser, like laser focused, you know, when it comes to um, all the different tasks we have to perform at our work, whatever. I mean, it's like – 
like uh, you got to wear so many different hats. You got to learn how to balance. If you can't balance, you can't keep up. And if you're behind, you're you know you're gonna left, you're gonna be left behind. So I don't want that to happen. I want to make sure I stay on top of whatever is on top. But yeah, Adderall it's it's super great if you know how to focus it. But the thing is, for you, I'll definitely go with a doctor and maybe try a smaller milligram at first and work your way up. Um, I got myself from five in the past year. I got I got up to fifteen milligrams. But I do the extended release where it's not a full blast. It comes in little spurts throughout the day. And then you wind down at the, at the end of the day. So that's the way I do it. And plus I wake up early too. I wake up around 6 o'clock, take my dog off for a walk, come back, have a cup of tea, take my Adderall, and then drive for about 30, 40 minutes to get to my first. By the time I get to my first appointment, I'm like ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Like that walk with my dog wakes me up just from walking. The tea, I mean, I don't drink coffee. So... The tea itself, you know, is a little bit like it's got caffeine as well too. I drink um, English breakfast. It's um, caffeinated. It's dark tea, and uh, it's better than coffee, in my own opinion. I used to drink coffee all the time, but uh, I'm more of a tea person now. I've been like that for the past year. The only time I drink coffee is when I go to um, vacations. So if I go, like I, I've been going to Hilton Head and Myrtle Beach and Tennessee, whatever. So when I'm out of town, I know a lot of places don't have like black tea. So instead of like saying instead of being a douchebag and say oh do you guys have black tea do you guys have a uh, uh, earl gray or english breakfast i'm not gonna do that so i was like i'll just i'll just drink coffee make it easier for everybody you know exactly i like that but yeah well, i, I mean, like it's good i mean it, it, no that because the thing is like you're right you're right about the whole thing about the dry mouth so when you drink coffee in the morning it makes you more dehydrated when we drink tea it's nothing but hot water so it's still hydrating it's water just with uh, the tea leaves itself so it's still like hydrating you at the same time. So for me, it worked out for me. So um, I was drinking tea a little bit before I was taking Adderall, but it kept me hydrated. So by the time I get to my first appointment, if it's at a shop, I'll finish like, you know like those big to-go cups, those metal canisters you have? I fill up a whole thing full of hot water with tea. And by the time I make it to my first appointment, I'm already in the bathroom because your <laughs> bladder gets really small too. It shrinks up to a fucking nothing where you, when you go to your first appointment, you're ready to piss. You know, you're ready to go like a racehorse. Yeah. Well, thankfully, they let you uh, use. I hope they let you. They're nice enough to let you use their facilities uh, it while you stop in the shop. Agree with me or not, they don't though. A bathroom's a bathroom. I'm gonna slip their nestle's permission. Can I use your bathroom? No, I, I just go. Now, if it's a customer's house, I might go to like a QT or a 7-Eleven or something like that or an Amico to uh, go piss whatever. If I'm going to a customer's house, yeah, I'll definitely prep before. But if it's a shop, I'll, I'll take a shit in that place. Fuck it, you know. I don't give a <laughs> shit. <laughs> Well, I know that. You want to be careful what shops you go to, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, some shops, the bathrooms aren't so clean, and some shops are, you know, higher-end. So you're like, okay, I'm going to take a shit in this higher-end place. You know, it just makes you feel better. Like, yep, this bathroom, this toilet paper is triple quilted. I love it. Let's do some more. <laughs> like, perfection. I have found it. Wait. But yeah, it's like it's this a, toilet paper I'll take home with me. It's like, yeah. hey, Elvis, Elvis, you had a bulge there? I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm just stacking, baby. Yeah, it was just, it, it just like, dude, it was a total, like, mind blow. Like, I, because I got done by, like, I was done with the websites by, like, 6 a.m. Because I was pretty much building them from the ground up. And here's the thing. I didn't know shit, so I was on the phone with, like, customer service people trying to figure all this shit out so I can get these websites working. And then... And then there was processing things and everything else. So I finally got them working, but it took, but I was there for like 12 hours. Cause I was like, by the time I was done, it was like six o'clock, six 30. 
So there was no point in me driving back to my house. So basically, I used the rest of the time to, um, you know, take a, take, I took a quick shower. I threw my clothes in the wash and dryer, got them done so they could look right. nice. Because I, I was wearing my clothes from the night before because, you know, and I didn't have time to take a shower. So I just went and took one, you know, and borrowed, just took whatever, borrowed some stuff, threw everything to the side. And then once I was dressed, I set everything up, said my goodbyes, got in the car and... Drove all the, I, I literally left that house and went straight to HVMA. But because of the Adderall, yeah, it uh, didn't. I didn't feel anything. I just walked in like it was no big deal. Sat at my desk, did my yeah. work, went to the mattress store, and it wasn't until I got to the mattress store that I started feeling tired. That's when it started yeah, to like. That, it was slowly starting that's to like hit God's me. Gift, like, oh, dude, like it was amazing. Me, like for me, like for me, when I when I take Adderall, like sometimes I walk into a a college and there's like an unfinished math problem on a chalkboard and I just walk in there and I finish it off and I leave and, and the professor's like who finished this? This is perfection and I just walk away with a small grin on my face <laughs> <laughs> my best friend's Matt Damon <laughs> and he's a janitor at that place <laughs> the, the... and he said something about goodwill hunting I don't know it was pretty good <laughs> It would have been funny if you said Ben Affleck was your best friend and you were Matt Damon. <laughs> and then he said something about like he likes apples, and I was like, I don't like apples. And it was like he gave me some number, and I was like, what the fuck? Whatever. Man. <laughs> I like, I like, I got a number. How do you like them apples? I was like, I like a lot of apples, sir. Thank you. Are they fucking green. reds? And he's like, no. He's like, the Adderall's taking over your mind, Elvis. I'm like, I know, but I can't help it, though. This math equation, I can't get out of my head. <sighs> um, no, but it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, hey, Vinny. Yeah? Um, so, are you really good at impersonations? Yes. Okay, what's your best impersonation? Wow. Um, like, I mean, like your top, let's say your top two. My top two? I would have to yes. say... Um... Uh, Randy Savage and the genie from Aladdin. You can do the genie from Aladdin? Yes. Let's role play a little bit. You ready? All right. I'm going to paint a scenario for you. I'm going to go first. I'm going to give you a character, and you have to play along with what I'm saying. We're going to do a little improv right now, okay? You ready? Okay. All right. So we are going to do Batman and the Joker. I'll be Batman. And I'll be replicating Christopher Walken, and you're gonna be, <laughs> you're gonna be the genie, being the Joker. You think you're ready to handle this? Um. Okay. Okay. Here we go. It's gonna be weird. Let's go. It's gonna be very fucking weird. This is a weird segue. Hi, I'm Batman. I had to fight this city full of gangsters and whole bunch of ragamuffins. I had to fight this little kid who almost died. He was at a tent. He was with his family. He was uh, a performer. And then Two-Face decided to come out of nowhere and kill his whole family. And we got this crazy clown. I'd be damned if he takes over my damn city. Alfred told me this one time he stuck this uncomfortable piece of watch up my up his asshole. To save Gotham City, because the clock had a timer on it that blew up the whole city unless he kept that uncovered piece of metal up his ass. <laughs> Go ahead. 
Okay. Well, first off, well, first off, let me say that watch is definitely is definitely full of something. Something we can't really talk about. Hey, hey, Batsy, why so? Hey, Batsy, just out of curiosity, why so serious? Why so serious? Why so? Let me tell you how I got these scars from my mouth. I was one blasted by a Mr. Freeze in the face with a gun that could freeze my face off. Scars? Batman, you don't have any scars. All your scars are internally. They're emotional scars. Very emotional scars. Very emotional scars. Hey, by the way, you got, by the way, I can make, by the way, uh, would you like me to get rid of those? By the way, you get three wishes, but ixnay on the wishing for more wishes. That's right. You only get three. Uno, dos, tres. No substitutions, extensions, or refunds. I think you've got me all wrong. See, you're just a clown with makeup walking around and putting bombs in Gotham City. And I'd be damned if my precious city gets taken over by some clown who sounds like a genie from a Disney movie I've never heard of before. Well, for, well, first of all, Batsy, first of all, Batsy, it sounds like you've been it sounds like you've been smoking a lot. It sounds like you've been taking a lot of Ritalin and the fact that you have a weird different kind of cadence. A cadence that kind of makes you go like I'm inside you right now. I came an hour ago. Like, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you, man. It's like crazy. He's like, all right, Sparky, here's the deal. If you want to deal with the Batsy, you got to be a straight shooter. Do you got it? I don't understand how you come from one place and bring up about a smile and being up inside Batman. No one gets inside Batman. I found his little kid named Robin. His parents, again, was destroyed by the Two-Face, who used to be a, a city prosecutor by the name of Harvey Dent, and I once believed in him. Yeah. But then a tragic accident faced his fears, and now he depends on a coin to make his decisions. Joker, you must die. <laughs> hey, it's ba hey, it's Batman and Robin. Grown man, rubber suit, running around with a young boy. Apparently Batman's Catholic. Who knew? I didn't. I, we all just found this out ourselves. You definitely got me all wrong. Although some of the things you said might be true in some universe, but not this one. Batsy does not. Okay, I have lots of latex outfits and I do fight crime, but it's because of people like you. I got to go on top of buildings and fight crime with my fist and no guns. <laughs> Yes, and he has a batarang, which by the way, which by the way, which by the way, all the bad guys out there, all my good friends, Riddler, Two-Face, Penguin, all you guys, he has batarangs that are ribbed for your pleasure. It's definitely true. I had to test them out with Alfred. He said they hurts. He's quite the professional when it takes to these for him pleasures on the batarang. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, and, That's but, why but of my course, vehicle is shaped like a dildo. And of course, we can't forget about Catwoman. Catwoman, the only pussy that whips you. And everybody knows, due to the rumors, I do not go down on women at all. <laughs> I am Batman. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm having fun with this, but we, uh, hold on. I have, we, 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 okay, we gotta stop right there. Because I, Jesus Christ, I had this. I have to find this article. I had it, and it got, it got lost somewhere. But I had to talk about this with you. I had this thing saved for so long. I just now pulled it up. The uh, we have to talk about this. Oh wow! Batman about DC saying that Batman can't go down on Catwoman since heroes don't do that. 
That is kind of fucked up because I saw a cartoon where Batman fucked Batgirl, like, hardcore style. Like, they didn't show it, obviously, in a cartoon. But they definitely had sex. And she had feelings for him after, and Batman's like, nah. It was a one-time thing. I was kind of vulnerable, and... I mean, let's face it, you're a bad girl. You want to be like me, and I fucked your brains out. Now, obviously, you want to be with me, but... Uh, I mean, like... This is the weird thing, right? In a sense, it makes sense that he's selling, like, you know, video games and toys and stuff like that. I get that. But at the same time, like... There's so many other dark elements in, like, DC... Going down on a girl is not the most horrible thing he ever did. So I'm like, what the fuck? Like, Batman, he, I mean, you know what they say about Batman? With proper preparation, he could take down anybody. Yeah. He can't go down on a person with proper preparation? Fuck that. That's bullshit. Well, well here's the thing. They, they're saying in DC that heroes don't do that. So. That's selfish. I mean, yeah. And uh, here's the thing, I mean, though. Out of all the superheroes. I mean, I mean, sorry. I'm just saying, like, Alf from the TV series, Alf, he ate pussy. I mean, what the hell? Exactly. <laughs> oh, he, he ate cats. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, still, technically he is, but not that way. But the thing is, is that with, um, out of all the DC, now here's the thing. If they said, there was only out of all the DC heroes, there's only one that I look at and I go, he definitely doesn't eat pussy. And that is Superman, hands down. I think Superman's the only one that would be in the category of not going down on people, I think. You know what, you're right too... about that. Superman's got those moral, that moral exactly. code, he's got lowest lane. But he's Batman... I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure, like, fucking, like, Superman takes her up to, to space, whatever, and eats her out. Like, so no one could ever see her, right? Or never see him, right? Exactly. But Batman, he, he's, like, he's like behind the corners, behind the shadows type thing. He's probably eating out Harley Quinn right now as we speak, but, like, they're like, no, we can't do that. Bullshit, man, you know? Well, yeah, but that's the thing is Batman is that Batman has always been a player. He's always been there's always been an indication that Batman was a human being who's a who's a cool guy who also is mentally fucked up. And that's why he's the Dark Knight. He's basically a playboy with mental issues, mental health I mean, like, issues. This is, way, this is the way we see it, though. And I think um, Michael Caine, the guy who played Alfred in the Batman series for the Dark Knight Rises and all that series, whatever. This is this is true in to the utmost sense. Superman is what Americans think they are, like what America is. So when they, when Americans envision America, it's Superman. But in reality, they're Batman. You know what I'm saying? They're hiding behind the shadows and everything else. Batman is totally out there. He's a playboy. So... But the thing is, it kind of throws a narrative. Is he the kind of playboy that just has sex, whatever, have people go down to him, but he's a selfish lover, and, like, he's just too rich, and he's, like, be, he's like above it? But at the same time, I've been reading comic books of Batman since I was a toddler, literally, since I was a kid. I've been reading, I, I mean, remember the, remember the discussion I had with Zoe, for that matter? She thinks Marvel's better than DC. I like DC better than Marvel. I mean, I do like Marvel movies. I think Marvel is fantastic. I have nothing wrong with it. But I do like DC a lot better than I like Marvel because I know more of it. Um, even though I know I have a very vast knowledge of Marvel comics, but Batman is the kind of person that no matter we, no matter what, no matter what situation, no matter what he puts his mind to, literally, he can do anything better than anybody else, and that's that's a plain fact. So the fact that 
a young Bruce Wayne at the tenor age of eight that will learn how to eat vagina from one of his like little babysitters or whatever, everything else. He was a horny little kid. Don't get me wrong, his parents died. Yeah, he was grooming and he was brooding, whatever, everything else. Doesn't mean he didn't go through the same, like, if he's a human like you and I, although he has all the money in the world to do what he's supposed to, you don't think that kid was like a fucking horny and just want to sit there and just like eat some vag out for like hours? Oh, fuck yeah, he did. He yeah. probably did anybody. He, he, did, he probably did it better than anybody else. He probably went to medical school, learned all about the clitoris, found the G spot, how to fucking rub it, how to sit there. I mean, even like the psychology with women, a lot of women want to be with him because he's so like unattainable. So it makes him more wanted. So yeah. he's like, all right, cool. You know, so I, I don't believe that for a second, but. It's it's probably such a weird conversation. Like he doesn't do that. Yeah, he does. Like um, it's I don't know. It's it's weird. It makes sense because Batman's the most human out of all the superheroes. He's the only one that doesn't have any powers. No, 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 no. no. He's not the most human. He's not. He's actually he's a he's a freak of nature. Is what he is. Superman, although he's an alien, he's the most human out of all of them. Well, hands down, hands down. The reason why. Although he was born on an alien planet, sent over here from uh, Krypton to come over here, but he had the most, like, country, Kansas City fucking upbringing, and he held his parents to a high esteem because they taught him how to be human and how to interact and how to subdue his powers and, you know, pull back his punches and try to fit in with, like, normal with normalcy, pretty much. So, if anything, he is more of a human than Batman is because Batman is a fucking freaking nature. Batman's a human who acts superhuman, or bat or Superman is an alien acting more human than most humans. It's the weirdest thing. I mean, from a from personality from a personality standpoint, I can agree with you. But okay. I'm talking about as far as, you know, Batman's not an alien from another planet. He didn't get his superpowers in some crazy way. He has no powers. He literally has a lot of money. He's, he's he's a billionaire who bought a bunch of gadgets that he could use to fight crime and has great and works for a and as a company where he can get the best modern technology. So it was, so Batman, what I'm saying is, is a human being in that regard. He has, like most guys, he has a sex drive. He can get horny. He can have sex. And he obviously wants to satisfy a woman. So like most guys want to. So it makes sense. I mean, there are some guys who don't give a shit, but that's a different portion of the population. But what's really funny is, have you seen the tweets that have come out over this? Um, not necessarily because I'm not on the social media. Remember? That's right, I'm, I forgot. I'm, 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 I keep forgetting. I'm ghosts of the world, man. Here's the funniest the shit. This is the funniest shit. All right, here. First one, somebody writes, uh, this is at Malik, at Malik Foreplay, which is ironic. He put, Batman begins, but none of his ladies finish. <laughs> And then there's at the Eric Goldman says, Joker, and where is the Batman? Catwoman, I can tell you where he's not. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Sam Thielman writes, uh, a tragic hero, and he said, and it's basically a comic with Batman and Catwoman. It says, I know the location of every nerve cluster on a man's body. And Catwoman goes, and a woman's, right? And then Batman's just standing there. And Catwoman goes, and a woman's right. A woman's right. Yeah, that's that's a that's an ongoing <laughs> gif on. Hope, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, and and then there's a. Uh, yeah, and then uh, at Doctor Wolfula puts, Batman can't go DC. Batman can't go down on Catwoman. Meanwhile, the Penguin and it plays that clip from Batman Returns, where Penguin walks in to see Catwoman laying on his bed, and Penguin goes, 
just the pussy I've been looking for. Because <laughs> Penguin was like the most perverted motherfucker in the world. Danny DeVito played that so well. Like, all Penguin could think about was fucking hot chicks. I mean, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, think about it this way. So, like, in, in, in a realm of comic books, Marvel, DC, whatever, though, these women are fucking built. I mean, their muscles are toned. Their ass is sticking out. Their tits are hanging out. They look fucking. They're. I mean, it's. It, I mean, they're. They're glorifying and they're sexualizing these women, and rightfully so because these girls are like superheroes. So you don't. You want to. I don't want to see. You want to see like a big plump girl, or whatever. But the thing is, like these girls are superhuman. So like their muscles are bound. Everything's in the right place. Nothing's sagging. Nothing's off. They're wearing like these little skimpy outfits. Like for me, I couldn't be an X Men. There's no fucking way. I'd be there and I'd be worried about just fucking impregnating the first girl in front of me. I'm like, oh shit. Okay, oh, yeah. Jean Grey. Boom, you're done. Okay, Jean Grey, she's pregnant. Boom. Oh, hey, Storm, what's going on? Boom, she's pregnant. Jubilee, boom, you're done. Um, I go to DC World. Oh, uh, Power Girl, pff, you're pregnant. Supergirl, pff, pregnant. It's like my, my superpower would be getting like, superheroes pregnant. That'd oh. be my superpower. Ladies and gentlemen, here's how you know Elvis follows the Marvel movies religiously. He listed female X-Men characters and he skipped Rogue. Yeah, she's okay, but like, there's a lot more better ones like Snow Queen and no, 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 no. Um, but but you know why you can't go down on Rogue, right? Because I lose, I lose her power. She, I, I lose, I die. Yes, that, that's what I'm saying. That's how smart you are. You knew Rogue. I can't fuck. I can't fuck Rogue. I'll die. Well, that's why you did, like two things. You could never accept a hand job from her either, because that would just be death. <laughs> exactly. She can't. She, unless she wears oven mitts. <laughs> I'd sit there and be like, Ugh! she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, stop. <laughs> Actually, you know, Elvis, if Rogue, if Rogue ever does decide to give you a hand job, I do have a loofah she can borrow. Oh my God. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got a like, loofah, so I'm good, but you, I'll, I mean, I'll like, let her borrow it. Like, she's like, what's up, sugar? I'm like, shut the fuck up, bitch. <laughs> And then, um, get the fuck away from me. And then, uh, at Andy Dandy Mandy says, I think it says something about our culture where DC Comics and Warner Brothers won't allow Batwoman to eat Catwoman out in a sex scene on the Harley Quinn animated show because we sell action figures for kids. But Batman being a murderer in the live action movies is okay. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know, man. There's, there's so many mixed things going on here. And I think it's like, it's brought in wrong context. I can see what the people were going for when it came to it, though. But, like, there's so many... Here's the thing about DC. Everybody knows everything about Marvel because Marvel has had a successful... And, like, they're continuing to be successful. And we'll get into, like, the other things about Marvel that's coming up that's fucking fantastic. Like, right now, I'm watching Loki, but we'll get to that in a second. But Marvel's more popular because their mainstream popularity has sprung big... Like, tenfold since Iron Man to... Um, to Endgame, and uh, we just had WandaVision that came out a couple months ago. Uh, the recent success of Loki on the Disney um, thing, whatever. Oh, uh, we have the What If series that's coming up in August. Um, the popularity, and the thing is, it's not just random stories. They're all like, they're all continuations from one movie to another, which makes it great. So if you're watching it, you could be a new watcher watching it and be like, okay, it's a good series. But if you actually like get invested to any of these series and then go back to the beginning and see how everything transforms and every, how everything plays out, it's like, oh my God, it's a continuation from the very first movie 
to the very last spot where you're at right now. Everything's a continuation. But it, it's it's good enough to where if you're watching the series, you're good. It, it's a continuation. If you're new to the series, you'll be like, oh, this is fun and enjoyable. I could watch this without knowing anything. And if you spark your curiosity, you go back to watch it. Um, DC, not so much. But the thing is, DC has been kicking Marvel's ass in the animated series. Now, next month, we have an animated series called What If. Now, Vinny, I know you're not really big on comic books, but have you ever heard of what the What If series is in comic books? This, this took place back in the 80s and 90s, in the 2000, early 2000s. Have you ever heard about it? No, I haven't. Let me illuminate your mind real quick, then. The What If series is a... It's like... um. You have different universes, right? So you and me, Vinny, right now, we're on planet Earth, right? Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Planet Earth 1. Now, what's to say there's not a multiverse where there's a planet Earth 2 and there's an Elvis and there's a Vinny Bucci doing a podcast the same way. But instead of us being Elvis and Vinny, we're like actually just alligators. Or planet Earth, well, you and I are just like pigs. Or planet number 4, we're the same people, but we're evil people. And the next one, we're something else. So... Different multiverses have different pers like it's the same people, but it's something else that might happen. So in our universe, we're hearing a storybook. We're hearing like the comic books of Spider Man. Spider Man, we all know the story. Um, he got bitten by a radioactive spider. Uh, his uncle Ben dies, and he takes up the mantle of Spider Man. Uh, um, the Punisher. Um, his family dies. He goes in revenge, and he wants to kill these people. Um, Iron Man, you know, we all know the story of Iron Man. So, so forth and so forth. So in our storyline, we know the origins of these stories. Now, the What If story is a narration of a person called the Watcher. Now, the Watcher is like this global being. He's like an intergalactic being. He's bald. He's got a big old head. And his name is um, um, Utua or Utu or U-A-T-U, the Watcher. He's the narrator. Um, and what he does is like, he can't really step in and help what's going on. Like when it comes to our world, whatever, he can only watch and narrate. He, he's pretty much like the world watcher. It's like, he's like, um, a documentarian pretty much. So remember you did like the, remember you did like the, even the car document, do, documentary. Yeah. So imagine a cameraman. He can't get involved in what you're doing. He can only watch and record what you're doing. That's pretty much what the watcher is. But instead of like having a camera, his eyes are the camera. He's recording everything with his mind, and it's being written down somewhere else. Who knows where? So the What If series is like the Watcher is going through different universes that are using like different scenarios. Like, what if Spider-Man had joined the Fantastic Four? What if um, uh, Dino Galactus is the Planet Eater? Yes, I've heard of him. So you have Galactus. You know what Silver Surfer is, right? Yes, I, I saw Fantastic Four. So. Silver Surfer is the herald of Galactus. So Galactus is a world eater. So pretty much he goes planet to planet and he consumes a whole planet. That's his job in the world. Now people think Galactus is evil. He's not. He brings balance to the universe, not just the Earth or our galaxy. He brings balance to all the galaxies. So when one planet begins, one ends. And he's like pretty much like... Um, life and death. He's pretty much the death part. There's a life. There's something that makes life, and that's a whole different person or whatever. We'll talk about that later. So, but the thing is, in order for him to go and, in order for him to go to that planet and eat it, he needs a herald to go warn the planet and say, hey, I'm the herald Galactus. Your planet is on a vast, it's going to be, it's going to die pretty much. I'm simply telling you, make peace with whatever god you have, 
hold your loved ones because this planet will be consumed by the mighty Galactus. So Silver Surfer has been like the, like the herald of Galactus for a long time. Well, there's a story where what if like the Hulk became the, like the herald of Galactus? It was, it's fucking amazing. What happened if the Punisher's family never died? Because the reason why the Punisher went on his killing rampage and became the Punisher because they killed his family. Um, and it tells the story of what would happen if he, you know, if he had did that. There's a story of like what happened if Doctor Doom became the Sorcerer Supreme. So all these different things. I, I think the one to bring it up over here in Disney, they're doing a series where it's like, what if? Um, do you know who Agent Carter is? They had a TV show on NBC or something. It's like Captain America. If you watch Endgame, he was supposed to be with this girl named Agent Carter or whatever back in the day from when Captain America was first like in the military. But because he was frozen in suspended animation for like 40 years or 50 years or 60 years, however long he was gone for, when he came out of that ice and he was out of suspended animation, she had already died. So they had a story like what happens if Captain America never got those powers and they gave Agent Carter that. And they call her Captain Carver. They have a whole like zombie world or whatever. Um, what happens if like... Uh, Doctor Strange became the Herald, or not the Herald, but he became, like, partners with Dormammu instead of, like, actually fighting him. So there's always, it's like, so these stories could live on, and you could literally make up a story that takes about six months to write, and you can have a series called What If This, What If This, What If That, whatever. What happens if, like, Wolverine never went to Weapon X? What if Deadpool um, was connected with the symbiote from Venom? Like, they have all these different What If series. So they... They can literally make Marvel movies for a hundred years, and we still would have scratched the tip of the iceberg of how many stories are out there. <laughs> wow, that's awesome! I don't know. I remember as a kid being a big like Marvel nerd and DC nerd, and I was like, "Oh my god, I wish comic books would be so cool!" And like right now, it's like it's finally taking off, man. You got animations, you have DC movies. I mean, they're they're blockbusters left and right, man. I didn't watch Black Widow yet. I still want to wait to see. I, I think I'm gonna wait about a week or two to watch it though, and get my representation on it though. But, dude, like not all of them are gonna be gems. But at the same time, like I think it's a great time to be a comic book um, fan because DC's vamping up to do something big. Uh, Marvel's doing amazing things too right now. So I'm all I for one am happy about everything that's happening in the comic book universe. Hey, Drew. Oh yeah, I mean it. It definitely sounds like it's looking good. What you're telling me. So it, it definitely sounds like an oh, interesting show. And I told you, there's two shows I want you to watch. Um, the first one I want you to watch is um, WandaVision. It's only about nine episodes. It's fucking great. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, so nine episodes, I mean, you're in and out. Like, you know, that's about nine hours of your day. Um, and it's 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 well-written, very good, very consistent. And a show I'm watching right now, we have one more episode. I think the last episode is going to be this Friday is for Loki. Loki is fucking good. Like, for anybody who hasn't watched it, you guys need to watch it because it's so fucking good, man. It's awesome. It's it's the best. Um, wasn't really a big Loki fan before. I watched the movies. I thought he was pretty cool. The actor who's playing him is really fantastic. But this one, there's so many twists and turns, you can't go wrong with it. So I recommend two shows. One, a vision. I mean, if you guys, didn't, you guys already haven't got behind that, watch that. But also, watch Loki. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> All right. So those are two recommendations right there. Um... Definitely gonna put that on the list. You're watching right now, like, is there anything you're watching right now? They just like, you know what though? I want to watch this. I want to see what happens. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm binging a couple of shows. I mean, 
One show is, um, I mean, I've already watched it, but before, but I, I want to watch it again because I think it's cool. And I'm is uh, I'm watching New Girl for the second time just because I think it's hilarious. And for some reason, I was just in the mood to watch it again. I don't know why. I just got the sudden urge. And then this other one, I started binging. Um, it sounds weird. It's on Disney Plus. Um, I'm actually binge watching the Muppet Show. <laughs> Just because the new one or the older one, the the older the older one from from years ago. Uh, just because I got an urge to watch it, because a long time ago I was watching it with Dax when I was hanging out with him, because we were trying to find something cool to watch. Because if I had to watch Frozen one more time, I was gonna blow my fucking brains out. Um, so I said, "Can we please watch something I else?" So I put on the Muppet Show, and I forgot. And I think it's because of the Going Live show. I've gotten obsessed with wanting to watch more sketch comedy, and I forgot that the Muppet Show. Cause I watched it when I was such a, when I was a kid, so there's bits and pieces that I remember, but I forgot that it was really a sketch comedy show. With it's just a sketch comedy show with puppets, and it has a guest, just kind of like Saturday Night Live. You know, they have a they have they have a guest host, even though some of the hosts I know, some of these people I've never fucking heard of, but apparently they were famous back then, and it was. It's interesting. Like I'm on. I think I'm on. I'm on the third season right now of the Muppet Show. And so right now, those are kind of the shows I'm watching because uh, the shows I was watching, you know, that I'm invested in. The new seasons haven't come out yet because, you know, I'm still waiting on season five of Big Mouth. Which at some point we got to talk about season four. We got to make that a priority because um, we haven't done that. Um, the second half of Lucifer came out, so I watched that. I was excited for that. So at some point. Uh, Desmond, Zach, and I have to talk about season five of Lucifer here on the Boochcast. But right now, as far as watching shows, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm kind of focusing on those two for now. While I wait for the shows I like to come back. And I did finish The Mandalorian. Yeah, I do like New Girl. New Girl is really good. Yeah. Oh, what'd you think about that? Um, it was good. Um, I didn't hate it. Uh, but it was, it, it was, it was, it was a decent show. I liked it. I mean, it was, it, it was good. I mean, I wasn't like as like crazy excited for it. Like there was a lot, like there was an emotional moment that made a lot of people cry at the end. It didn't really make me cry, but I like the fact that Bill Burr was in it. Uh, cause it's cool to see Bill Burr and something awesome like that and see a different side to him. Um, I like that Sasha Banks was in the show, and I think she's coming back for season three. I hated they fired that one girl, because she was actually really good in there, and I felt like her character in The Mandalorian had could have had a relationship at some point. I felt like there was a love story building there, but now that they kicked that actress out, I don't think it's going to be as good. No, I hear you, man. Um, uh, she was definitely awesome. She stuck up for what she believed in. Um... We're not going to get much into it, though. Um, it kind of sucks because she was awesome. Um, I remember, remember, you know the guy who plays Superman, Henry Cavill? I think he dated her for a while, too. Yeah. Henry Cavill's, and Henry Cavill's actually a really good Superman. I think he was the, the, the suitable replacement to Christopher Reeve. I think so, too. And it's really hard to do Superman, too, because it's, it's really... Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really hard. It's really hard yeah. um, to do... Um, to do Superman, and he played it very well. And I think I liked him better, like when he did like um, the uh, 
Justice League revamp, whatever. And I hope they do a second one, which I think they are. Darkness Begins. I'm a DC guy. Always will be. I love Marvel. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from Marvel at all. Because I fucking love Marvel, you know? Um, they're good. But I'm just more of a DC guy. I've always been. Never. It's never going to end. I, I, I'm always going to be a Marvel guy. Absolutely. And uh, so on that note, um, I got... I got a couple more Batman tweets I want to read because these are really fucking good. Um, this, okay, go ahead. this one girl, Gail Simone, says, one of the problems is Batman can't move his neck. Yeah, man, I think so. That's, 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 what, that's what the problem was. You know what, though? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it off to that. It's, yeah. it's because of that rubber suit. Yeah, I think I, he even asked Alfred, I think he even asked Alfred to do something about that. Not Alfred, but um, um, that Fox guy. Um, yeah. Who does all of the tech for Batman? Played by um, God, what's his name again? Um, Morgan Morgan Freeman. Like this condensation. Morgan Freeman. Um, he goes like, yeah, I can't move my neck that much. You know, so he did bring it up. So that could very well be it. Yeah. And then Trevor Noah says uh, from the Daily Show, he says, "Of course, Batman goes down. Why do you think his mask ends at his nose?" Oh. There you go. <laughs> and then, and then, the, and the next one is from a uh, Judy Squirrel. She says, "What if Catwoman pegged Batman instead?" I'll be down with that. Yeah. And then the last one was um, it's a tweet from Amanda W T Wong, and apparently it's a story from that Adam West told years ago. It said. The recent news story is that Batman is not allowed to go down on Catwoman has led me to discover this delightful story of Adam West, the 1960s Batman, and Frank Gorshin, who was the Riddler, getting kicked out of a Hollywood orgy because they wouldn't break character. That's great. Yeah, he said, and they had the excerpt from the story. Adam West said, well, I think one of my favorite memories is that Frank and I were invited to a party one night and we decided to go. A Hollywood party we didn't know anything about. We were kind of laughing and having a few beers and said, let's go over there. We walked in and it was an orgy. So I immediately went into the Batman character and Frank went into the Riddler character because we were getting the big giggles. It was so funny to us when we, what we walked into and we were kicked out. We were expelled from the orgy. That's awesome. Gotta love those two. Yeah. Gotta love them. Yeah, it was a great story. And then the last one is from the Dweck. He said... I'm just glad Batman's parents aren't alive to see this discussion. Oh, <laughs> that's fucked up. That is fucked that up. Is fucked up. I love it. Yeah, and those fucked up. Yep, and those are the Batman tweets. So, uh, do you want to go into another uh, news or pop section, or do you want to go into wrestling? You know what? I'm going to get to one last thing since we're on comics. Um, so for Halloween, <clears throat> I talked about you, talked to you yesterday. Yeah. Uh, my daughter wants to go as Scarlet Witch. I want to go as Vision. Well, she wants me to be as Vision because, uh, you know, because we watched the series and she's now considered the official um, master in knowing of all everything that is Scarlet Witch. Here's the thing. I cannot find a costume that's a child size. When I look at costumes for Scarlet Witch, it's like these sexy Scarlet Witch, whatever, which really pisses me off to no end. I found one that's like an original costume. So it's like a unitard, which it cuts off at the boobs. Like, you know, so it's cleavage, you know? Um, I found one with like black pants and a red leather jacket, whatever. And for the life of me, I cannot find a costume for it, and it's pissed me off to no end. I found a Vision one, I found a classic one, and I found the modern one. So for me, I could find Vision. 
So now I gotta find something else. Now I know she's really big into Teen Titans. I found a Raven costume, but again, there's a super sexy Raven costume that adults could wear. There's one for the kids, like for the Teen Titans. So now I, I gotta convince my daughter that hey, I can't find you a Scarlet Witch because there's nothing out there. You wanna be Raven instead. So my costumes went from being classic fucking Vision to where I might have to play Robin. <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of stuck in the bind right now. I've been trying to find something for her, and believe you me, I've been scouring the internet, like, trying to find something. I mean, hell, I was even thinking about doing, like, maybe Loki, and maybe her do, like, Lady Loki from a TV show, but she hasn't watched the series yet, so when I get her this week, I have to literally catch her up, like, on all the Loki, because the last episode for Loki's this week, this weekend, so I literally got to catch her up and say, hey... Do you want to do Loki instead, or do you want to do a different character, or do you want to do Raven? Because I could get you a Raven one. That way I could get her Raven, and I'll get her, and I could be, I mean, I'll do Robin. That's not a big deal. I could do Robin. It's easy. But it's really hard to fucking find things, because it's, literally, it's fucking hard to find a, it's hard to find a Scarlet Witch. It's not a sexy fucking Scarlet Witch. I'm like, I don't want my daughter to do that. She's nine years old. What the fuck? Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's not, I mean, obviously, yeah, that's not an outfit you want a nine-year-old dressing in you know 16 17 maybe but not nine it's like when she's older yeah i mean i, I don't care what she's dressed i mean you know for me I, I don't really care what she's gonna dress up when she gets older i'm probably, I'm probably just saying right now i'll probably eat my words later on who knows but at the same time it's like <laughs> fuck what do i do well it's one of those what things do do? what do i do exactly well i think it's one of those things where at the end of the day you're the dad so there's always going to be a small part of you no matter what that's going to be uncomfortable to see her dressing provocative in any way. But at the same time, depending on how old she is when she does it, it's something you have to just accept she's going to do that. Like, once she passes a certain age, like usually 18 or something, like when she's a legal adult, at some point you're just going to have to accept, okay, she's a grown woman now, she's going to dress like a grown woman, this is going to happen. But in the meantime, in between time, you can be like, no, I don't want that if that's how you want to parent. No, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit there and like overshadow what she. I mean, like you know, I'm not gonna be uh, an overbearing parent. Yeah, I'll try to fight off as much as I can, but eventually she's gonna find herself out though, and yeah. have her own style and have her friends, whatever, dress a certain way. And it, I mean, it's it's just the way of the world. I mean, it, it sucks. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm not really mad about it. I'm not really, um, you know, when it comes to it. To tell you the truth, it's oh yeah, just you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not it's, saying you're. I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying that you are. I'm just saying that that's. That's a subconscious thing with every parent is that, you know, there's always going to be that small part of you that always sees the child as your child. It's like, you know, it's like when it's like when we grew up, you know, or like or when I grew up, I'll use myself as an example. Like, you know, what, you know, there's times where my mom would still see me as that little boy. So when I'm doing grown up man shit, <laughs> sometimes it's hard for her to process. But as we as I got older, she understood that. Like she, like she told me a story one time. This is back when I was in college. Um, this is right around the time when I was starting to become sexually active. I'll, I'll say it right now. I'm 34. I lost my virginity when I was 20. So I was dating Rochelle regularly. And at the time I was in college. So she lived at home with her parents. I lived at home with my parents and I didn't have money to get a hotel. So every time we had sex, it was in the back of my Honda CRV. So I always kept condoms. There you go. I always kept condoms in the glove compartment of my car. 
Well, one day, my mom and I had to share my car for a period of time because her Jeep got totaled when my brother took it out. That's another story for another day. So my mom and I were sharing a car because I was going to Georgia State. So my mom would drop me off at the MARTA station. She'd take the car to work, and then she'd pick me up at the MARTA uh, when I was done. So whether I left school early or if I stayed till late, sometimes I sit in the library till late working on shit, and she picked me up. Well, one day, my mom uh, got pulled over from the cops. I think she ran a stop sign or something. Uh, she got pulled over. Um, as my mom goes to get the registration out of the glove box, she opens it up, and sees the pack of condoms. So she called me after she left, after the cop left and everything, she called me up. And she said, I said, hello. She goes, um, Vinny, there's a 12 pack of condoms in this glove compartment. Are these yours? And I kind of froze. And I finally just went, yeah. And she said, Good boy, and hung up the phone. <laughs> like, oh, like she knew she was just happy that I like that's her thing. She doesn't care if I have sex; just wear a condom. Like the fact that I was wearing condoms, she was ha she was happy with that because I'm in my fucking twenties. So, sex is gonna happen. So my mother found out I was sexually active and was just glad that I was wrapping it beforehand. There you go. I don't remember. I don't remember having a conversation with my dad about sex at all, or or anything. Um, I remember I bring him. I bring a girl to the house, or whatever. Or I, I had a girl at the house, and he come over, and whatever girl I was with, he was always like, "If you're so smart, what do you do with my son?" But he could be funny, but he wasn't funny. Um, but he was never really there, so it doesn't really matter. So whenever he was there, I'm like, "Oh, hey, this is whatever her face is, and whatever." Um, but I never really talked to him about, you know, the conversation about women and condoms or nothing really of relevance. Like, I never really had a conversation with the guy. I never had a real conversation with him when I was younger. I had a real conversation with him when I was older. <clears throat> but uh, we never really had, like, real, you know, conversations about anything, really. He never said, like, oh, it makes you don't pregnant. I remember he, he tried setting me up with a couple Romanian chicks, which pissed me off to know. And I'm like, I, <laughs> I have nothing as I have nothing against Romanian chicks. Listen, if you're out there, if you're Romanian, listen, I just want to let you know, I have no problem with you. It's just that we grew up with uh, the church-going Romanian chicks, and everybody was all about, you know, um, how can I say, each other's business, about the family. It was all about, like, getting information about the other person so they could talk shit at church. It was, it was a church It was a church that got together and talked shit about other people. It was weird. It was the weirdest thing, and I was not going to be part of it. Me, and my brother, and my sister saw that, and we didn't want to have anything to do with this. So we're like, "Yeah, we're not going to do that at all." Um, so we didn't. Yeah. Um, so he's like, "Oh, you should date this girl. She's smart and she has this, whatever." Don't get me wrong. The girls, like he, you know, those couple that were dumpster fires, and I didn't really care for. And then there was some that were pretty cute, and you know, we we hung out a couple times, and you know, I didn't do shit with them because I don't I don't fuck with them. I don't, I don't fuck, I don't fuck with girls like that. I don't. Um, if I like you, I'm gonna be with you. But I was born into like different girls, and I was a different person back then. With the person you know me right now is not who I was a long time ago. I was an immature piece of shit asshole who was selfish. Wait, I'm the same person. Never mind. Um, 
Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I was completely, I mean, I'm selfish now. I was way more selfish back then. I was conceited. I thought it was God's gift to women. You know, I had no shame in my game. Like, you know, I just thought I was, I, I thought I was the shit. I thought I knew everything and, um, I didn't want to deal with these people. I'm like, ah, if I fuck with you, I'll probably fuck, I mean, I'll, I'll probably hear from your cousin from church, son's brother or whatever. I didn't want to deal with this. I'm like, fuck it. I'm not doing it. So I did. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I never really had a a sex talk with my dad either. Um, just because I think we tried to have the talk once, but it never really went anywhere. Cause he asked me if I had any questions and I just didn't want to ask. Cause it just wasn't, it wasn't a conversation I wanted to have with parents. I, I just didn't. It's not that my, my dad wouldn't have been good at the talk. I just, no one. That's why I always laugh when parents say, I want to be the one to teach my kid this. Um, you know, your kid, it, you're the last person your kid wants to talk to about sex. Parents are the last people like you want, like, as far as I'm concerned, like I don't even like to envision my parents having sex. As far as I'm concerned, the stork dropped me on the doorstep and that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. Like I drop you off with a forklift. <laughs> exactly. Fuck you. I was a skinny baby. Sure. It's like Zach. That was the last time he actually saw a vagina when he came out of one. Oh my god. But yeah, so I mean oh Yeah, it's my story, I'm sticking to it. So but what what the closest we had to a sex talk was like years ago. It was like right around two thousand two, I think it was. Two thousand one, two thousand two. Um my brother and I we were we were moving into this new house in Jersey. We had left one house in Jersey and we we're moving into another one. And we were packing a bunch of videotapes in a box. My my apparently my mom was packing everything. And my brother and I were moving our stuff into our new bedroom because we were still sharing a room at the time. Uh, we had a three-story townhouse. It was like there was a downstairs area. There was a, there were two bedrooms and a bathroom, and then a loft on the third floor. My brother and I had the loft on the third floor. That's where we slept. That's that was our area. Uh, my parents had the master bedroom. My grandmother had the other bedroom, and that was it. So, and then my brother and I slept on the loft, and we were unpacking the box and. There was this one box in like a brown case, and I opened it up, and it was a porno tape. And oh shit! Now keep in mind, this was like a VHS tape. That's how that's how far back this shit goes. So it wasn't even a DVD; it was a VHS, and it was called "Limousine Video Presents Escort Girls." That was the title of the video. Nice. Now we come to find out, my dad. This was a this was a tape my father had. And he got it at his bachelor party before he got married. They oh, were playing shit. this video. So me and my brother get wind of this video. So naturally, what do we do? We watch it. Now, we weren't physically doing anything. We were just sitting there watching it. And then one day, a buddy of ours, I'll just say his first name, John. It's not NXT John. This is a whole different John. I want to make that clear. Uh, this is not John Tumblin. It's a different John. Um, came over to visit. He's an old friend of ours from way back. He was visiting from Ohio. Went back when my brother and I lived in Ohio. And we showed him this videotape. Like, dude, check this shit out. Well, John tells his brother Drew, who was kind of my best friend, because John was more Sonny's best friend and Drew was kind of mine. So, and then all of a sudden it gets back to his mom. And... His mom was also visiting. So that's how they came over. So she finds out and then tells my parents, and our parents confront us. 
Now, my dad was pissed because he thought my brother and I stole it out of his room. We eventually explained to her, mom had accidentally packed it with our videotapes. So that's how we got it. So when my dad found out, he couldn't be mad at us because we didn't steal it. <laughs> our mom stupidly packed it in the bag. It's like, oh, here's it's like, oh, here's a smurf. Here's my name from Power Rangers. Ooh, a limo video. Cool. Here we go. Let's put that in there. I'm pretty That's, sure everybody's gonna like this. That is exactly <laughs> what happened. So my dad is pissed. But we found out later the reason he was pissed was because he was trying to put on a front for our friend's mom, who was fucking mortified that we showed. Her son, a porno. Keep in mind, we're fucking teenagers at this point. We're not. You guys, you guys are, you guys are humping couches and exactly. Fucking we're every fucking teenagers. That's we were teenagers who found a porno tape. That's what this was. We were not like, you know, it's not like we were like eight, nine, ten years old watching this shit. We were, we were in our mid-teens watching this. I was at least fifteen. John and Sonny were thirteen, so we're watching this. So we're watching this, so we watch, so we watch the video, and we're like, holy shit, like, what the fuck? So after they leave, my dad eventually tells me, yeah, we're not, we're not in trouble. That was just the big front that he put up. He asked if we had any questions. We said no, and that was the end of that. But eventually we did have to give our dad the tape back. We gave him oh, back the tape. Man. But it's okay, because I still managed to find porn elsewhere until, uh, the, until the internet really got up and running. Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, there was, like, you had Blockbuster, and then you had, like, these little knockoff video stores, like, little uh, mom-and-pop places. Yeah. And they had, like, a little back room with all the porn. Yes. I remember, like, such a... So I remember, like, as a kid... And this, uh, guys, this is VHS. So for all of those who don't know, I mean, you guys even have DVDs right now. So if you guys grew up on DVDs, there was a time when you had VHS, which you probably saw in your house. I don't care how sophisticated your house was. You saw VHS tape in your in your life. If you were too young to understand it, then whatever. Look it up. It's fun. Um, there was these little back rooms where they would have like little beaded rooms. It wasn't even a door. It was like little beads that stopped it from going through. So all you do is like, I remember going to this little mom and pop place. So all I had to do is like put my finger inside of it and just move it just a little bit. And you see these little, and you see the covers like, you know, uh, Pirates of the Ass Caribbean or something, or, you know, uh, Plump Fiction, or, you know, uh, Ramblo, or, like, all these stupid little titles, whatever. Wet Dreams May Come. Like, just, and, like, these girls are just, like, you know, like, you know, Debbie does, you know, Debbie does Dallas, whatever. So you see, like, all these crazy things. I remember just, like, just getting a peek. Like, I remember just putting my finger in, moving the, the beads over just a little bit, looking at the title, looking at the cover, smiling, Getting like a mental picture. I'm like, that's my spang bank. Talk to you later, <laughs> bitches. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get uh back to the future right now and go home and spank it. <laughs> oh god, yeah, it was great. Like there were some blockbusters that they had, they would have like the softcore porn tapes that you would see. But then I rented it, I took it home, and when I got it home, it, it cut all out all out. the stuff. Yeah, man, that's what a bullshit. The fuck? That's, that's, that's why you went to the mom and pop place. They had everything on there, man. They didn't, they don't, you know, they don't have that shit on there. I was um, livid. But, but I remember, like in the late '80s, early '90s, they had a whole bunch of these movies that were like over-sexualizing movies, where like you know the, the 
there was like almost no plot. It was just about sexualizing like the main character who was the woman. Like, yeah, you know, she was like the badass everyone wanted to fuck pretty much. And they had like the softcore music playing and softcore kind of like, you know, the guy's like, you know, on top of her and she's on top of him. But they're not really having sex. They're just kind of like dry humping at this point. But in your mind, it's like, oh, my God, he is fucking dry humping that bitch. Holy shit. That's fucking awesome. like, you know, whatever. So like in the, I remember like the late, late 80s, early 90s. They really emphasize. I think it was more than '90s. To tell you the truth, like the movies were just like hardcore grinding, like clothes over clothes. And I'm like, oh my god, this is the height of luxury. This is perfect. I know. These movies had no. These movies had no plot. It was all about just like you know, getting that girl in a bra. As long as you got her down to her bra and panties, it was kind of like to me. I was like, okay, this is this is perfect. Um, this is awesome. Um, it's it's stupid shit, but that's. It's just 90s. Like, 90s was crazy. 80s and 90s, if you look back right now, from the commercials and the movies they made, dude, everybody was, like, on drugs. From, like, I know they're on drugs before, but the 80s and 90s, if you watch, like, the, if you watch back, like, commercials, just commercials for movies, for um, for food, for toys, everybody was on fucking drugs. It's fucking insane. I watch right now, I'm like, oh, so that's why I got into the drugs. I get it now. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was, cr- and, and just back then it was insane just cause, and then you had like, like, like I lucked out with porn. Um, when I, I went to my grandparents' house and at the time, my grandfather, I don't know if he still has this or not. Cause I haven't been to the house in like seven years since I visited my grandparents in Philly, but he used to have an illegal cable box. You remember those? Oh or, yeah. The illegal cable box. And I found the Playboy channel, like, on that box. And it was like, no, no, it wasn't Playboy. It was Penthouse. It was Penthouse. Um, And I'm watching it, and that's when I started, like, holy shit. And that's, and, and that's when I saw, like, 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 that was the first time I ever saw hardcore, like, porn. I've been watching the softcore stuff on, like, Showtime and Cinemax and occasionally HBO for the longest time. And then... That was the first time I saw like hardcore, like this is the real deal. No fuck, no fucking around, but no fucking around as far as the content. Like this was some real shit, and I was like, whoa. And then as I got older, that's when I started finding like the DVDs and stuff, and I would go to the Love Shack, and I was racking up DVDs until I discovered you porn, and then I discovered that in college, and then boom, that became my my new spot. So Pornhub showed up. Yeah, that's in a, in a nutshell, pretty much. But you know, yep. it is what it is. But I don't, uh, that's that's pretty how we got to this topic. We went from one to another. How the fuck we get up here? I have no idea. But <laughs> we, did. we explored. We, we explored. We explored so much. Yeah. About our young little lives. Exactly. So, do we want to? Do... I guess I have a question. I guess I have a question. If you were given a chance to know everything you have right now, but not for not for financial gain. Would you a would you want to be transported back to your body as a kid and start all over again? So from age like five, like from age five and up, would you do it again? I honestly don't know. There's a part of me that would, because I would have the knowledge that I have now. But I don't know if I went back and changed certain things, would it affect some of the success that I've had lately? That's 
that's always the big thing that I've always noticed about going back in time and doing other stuff. Like that's why, you know, one of the big stories about when you, about going back in time is the number one question people always ask is, would you go back in time and kill Hitler? And the answer is supposed to be yes, because of how evil Hitler was. But after watching Back to the Future and pretty much and multiple TV shows and movies where people went back in time, changed something, and then it fucked up the whole world. And it fucked things up to the point where they had to go back and fix the one thing that they changed. So my answer would be, would I go back in time and kill Hitler? The answer is no. And the reason I wouldn't is because my fear is that if I went back in time and I killed Hitler, it would drastically alter the timeline. It would put us in an even more fucked up world than we already did. And in order for me to fix everything... I would have to go back in time and save Hitler. And I think that's worse oh, wow. than not. I think having to save Hitler is worse than not wanting to kill him. What do you think? Huh. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I got that idea from, here's how I also know, because like on um, Family Guy, when um when Brian went back in time and stopped 9/11 and it started this whole post-apocalyptic world so Brian had to go back in time and stop himself and basically let 9/11 happen because it was the only way to fix the timeline so i'm like no my big like uh, god forbid cuz if i had to go back in time and save hitler i would never be able to look at myself in the mirror again like i might as well kill myself So, so people ask me to go back in time and yeah. kill Hitler. I mean, My answer is no. I'm just thinking. No, I'm, I'm thinking for selfish reasons, just to go back and just start over from five. You know? Yeah. Would you? Um, oh, oh, hell yeah, and Howard Pete, definitely. I thought I'd probably take more photographs and more videos. Okay. Again, not for not for game, not for game, not for winning the lottery or you know making bets on who wins the Super Bowl or. Or you know, uh, you know the put World some money Series on the Cubbies, like not for profit. Put some money on the Cubbies. You're right. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, just for, just for pure entertainment purposes, just kind of like live back through life, and just go back from five and go back up, and then I don't know, maybe have different conversations or have different interactions. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think it would be super fun just to kind of go back to, you know, not having the responsibility as adults. You know, just being a kid and you know, going to school, come back home. Watch cartoons, be a kid, and not worry about stupid shit, and just remember what it's like to not have responsibility, not have to be stressed, or other than stress of like you know going to school and trying to be popular or trying to make friends and you know do that stuff, whatever. But other than that, though, like that was the only thing you really worried about, you know. So I don't know. I, I thought it was a good concept. Just kind of worry about like like some people say, "Fuck no, I never want to go back," and some people are like, "Oh hell yeah, definitely." Not to change anything, just to simply relive your stupid life because. I was a clunky little kid. I was you know, I was butterfingers. I was awkward. I was weird, and uh, I just want to remember those days of how clunky and weird and awkward I was back then. You know, so yeah. I don't know. Just that was just it's just a thought, a little brain teaser, and you know, Man. I guess you know if you if you guys follow on Instagram, tell us would you want to sit there and uh, want to go back to your your younger years? Um, 
maybe knowing some things you know right now, not for profit, you cannot learn anything for profit, just, would you want to be just a spectator? Like, you're actively just looking your life through your eyes, still do the same thing you're doing, but just actively be aware that, okay, I'm from the future, but, um... This is simply just a gift for me to go back and uh, watch what's going on. And yeah. would you want to do it? Yeah. And um, and and the best part was if you guys are if you guys are listening to this, comment on our Facebook or reply to us on Twitter about this. I think that'd be a better spot than Instagram. But um, yeah, definitely. We love. I love to hear from the fans about this. Or better yet, if you go to a Boochcast. Um, let me check here. I believe we have something special. Oh yeah. If you go to uh, boochcast365 at gmail.com, you can email us about it, and uh, we'll read some of your answers uh, on the show. That's our mailbag. So you can go check us out there. It's our mailbag, and also, if you listen to it, though, we'll put a little disclaimer in the bottom, or you can just follow the link, and you know you can follow our email, and yeah. know, put it on there. And uh, just, don't forget to put your name on it, and we'll give you a shout-out you know, yeah. uh, for the mailbag. I think it's pretty fun. We'll just yeah. read your mail, and... You know, tell us that we're great. Tell us that we're horrible. Tell us how much you hate me, how much you hate Penny, how much you hate Zach. We all know we all hate Zach. Um, <laughs> well, you know what's weird? You know, you know what's weird? You know what's weird? I ate ramen noodles today for the first time in like twenty years. <laughs> I guess those donations um, help. So thank you, fans. Thank yeah. you so much, fans, for bringing it out. Though I actually had some tonight. I, I actually made it in my house tonight. My wife's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "It's ramen noodles." And she's like, uh, what's that? I'm like, well, it's like those cup noodles that you like. Because she just, she just eat it from time to time. Um, she's never had it before. She came to the States. She's only been here for, you know, what, five, six years or something, whatever. Uh, seven years. But yeah. she never had ramen noodles. Or, well, not, she never, actually, she's ne actually never had ramen noodles. She had, like, those those cup noodles. They're different than ramen noodles. So um, I made some tonight. I made, like, two packages. I boiled up the water, put it in there, and mixed the little packets inside. I put some little pepper and some paprika and some other shit in there to kind of spice it up a little bit but it was the first time i had in over like i would definitely say 20 plus years and oh my god it brought me back i was like oh my god is baywatch on what the fuck <laughs> that's awesome and uh by the way if you still want to support the show go to anchor.fm slash the boochcast slash support and become a supporter of the show your monthly donations help us sustain future episodes and speaking of zach uh i gotta talk about him for a second um as you guys know, we like to roast Zach and give him a lot of shit on the show. But uh, I need to I need to put Zach over right now and say that you know as much shit as I give Zach, he really is a solid friend. I'll tell you, I, I think we can agree on that. Like anytime I've asked Zach for help, he's backed me up. And uh, I'll give an example. Me too. Yeah, and I'll give an example of what I'm talking about. Uh, recently, uh, while I was working at the mattress store. Um, uh, we had and we had we had this adjustable bed frame. It's one of those things where you can click a button and the top part of the bed goes up and down. You can adjust it. Well, we had to, uh, Ronnie had to deliver that to South Carolina, and since I was busy on since I was off on Tuesday and was going to be you know filming and doing a bunch of other things, I was not going to have time to do it. So Monday night after we left after I left the store, I had to pick Buff up at the airport. Uh, then I brought him back to the house and then I had to move this bed frame. Well, I also had to pick Zach up because Zach and I were going to be hanging out Tuesday. So Ronnie asked me, can you and Zach get this adjustable bed for me? So I said, okay. So I drop off at his house, drive all the way to his house, drive all the way back to 
get Zach. And I was supposed to pick him up a while ago, but there's a lot of fuckery that got in the way, which always seems to happen whenever I'm whenever I'm at the mattress store and everybody's there. It's always going to be a long night filled with fucking drama. It, I don't know why, it just does. So I eventually am finally able to leave the house. I didn't even say anything. I just dropped Buff off, and then while they were all talking, I just snuck out the front door, hopped in my car, and drove to get Zach. I finally pick him up at like 11 o'clock at night. I get back to the house at midnight, and I wake everybody in the house up. I'm literally ringing the doorbell, bang, you know, doing everything, finally answer the door. I get the keys to the truck. We get in the truck. We drive down to the mattress store. Zach helps me move some shit around. We get the adjustable frame. We put it in the car. We put it in the truck. Get the truck back to the house. Drop off the keys. Walk out the door. Didn't even talk to anybody. Just dropped off the keys, hopped in the car, and drove the fuck home. So, Zach was a trooper to go through that with me. Uh, I desperately need his help with that. In fact, Zach's helped me out a lot lately with some of the late nights that I've had that were matches related. So, you know, as much, you know, as much as we love to roast Zach and, pro and we'll continue to do so, I got to give Zach a shout out on this for being a solid friend. He did help out. So thank you, Zach. You are, you are a great friend who helps me out with a lot of shit. I'll say Zach, you're okay. <laughs> um, he's not the smartest person in the world. He's not the greatest person in the world. He doesn't have the best hygiene. He doesn't wear the right pants. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I'm joking. No, man, he's... <laughs> I know. I just like to fuck with him. I, 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 I poke fun of him the most because I just love him so much. So, No, man, he's always been great. Uh, when I moved into my new place, he always volunteers to help out every year. Um, I'm done with it now, but... Um, at the same time, like, no, he's, he's always been great. I like to give him shit because uh, we always roast the ones we love, and uh, he's definitely someone I love to roast the most because he's just, he's, he's, he's active, you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to give him shit. If you don't, if you don't give him shit, nobody else, I mean, I guess everybody else does. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck. I'm, I'm torn. I can't say anymore. All right. <laughs> well, in other news here, uh, I think we're going to jump in. I think we've done enough. We got any more news stuff you want to talk about? Or you want to jump into the wrestling talk? Let's, let's do wrestling talk. All right. Well, we got to talk about this one first. Um, for those of you that were fans of the Buff and Booch cast back in the day, um, you're familiar with this gentleman, especially, or if you watch classic WWE, WCW, you definitely familiar with this guy. Uh, the Patriot, uh, Del Wilkes, uh, passed away recently at the uh, age of 59 after suffering a heart attack. Uh, veteran wrestler and former WWE star Del Wilkes, better known to wrestling fans as the Patriot, passed away uh, recently this past Thursday. Uh, the retired professional wrestler passed away due to a heart attack. According to the Charleston Post and Courier, he was 59 years old. The Patriot made his wrestling debut back in 1988 and competed for, for promotions such as the American Wrestling Association and Global Wrestling Federation during his early years. He wrestled a few matches for WWE in the early 90s. The late star wrestled under various personas, including the Trooper, Del Wilkes, and the Patriot for the company, but his bouts didn't transpire in a long run. The former wrestling star first gained fame when he signed a WWE contract in 1994. He formed a team with Marcus Alexander Bagwell, who you all know as Buff Bagwell. Uh, the duo started wrestling as Stars and Stripes, and they won the WWE tag titles a couple of times. 
His WWE run lasted until 1995, after which he returned to All Japan Pro Wrestling, the promotion he was wrestling for before his signing with WCW. The Patriot finally signed a WWE contract back in June 1997. The former champion stayed with the company, then known as the WWF, until early 1998. After leaving WWE, Wilkes retired from professional wrestling due to a torn tricep. Um, and we at the Boochcast send our deepest, deepest condolences to the family of Del Wilkes. I can't say I really know the guy. I remember listening to the podcast before with him, but um, I, I, I don't know much about him, so I can't really speak on it because I really don't know him, but, you know, a loss is a loss nonetheless, so yeah. absolutely. Um, what did you think of the interview we did? I think it was good. It, it really shone a lot of light because, you know, I think I know a lot about wrestling. I I tend to do, but uh, he just kind of – he was. I think he was one of those people that was off my radar. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, from from well, he was he was definitely a great guy, and Buff had a lot to say about him. And of course, uh, Del Wilkes had a lot of nice things to say about Buff. You know, they go way back. And uh, at some point, uh, I am going to post that interview. I'll do a tribute to Del Wilkes. We'll post the interview here on Anchor for you guys to check out because um, it's definitely going to be something uh, that I think you guys will enjoy and want to check out because uh, you can learn more about Del Wilkes if you didn't already know him and. Also, Kurt Angle's theme music was his theme music during his brief run in the WWE, which I thought was really cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And in other news, we got uh, Jim Cornette, who Elvis and I talked about quite a bit. Uh, Jim Cornette rips into fan who jumped the barricade at AEW for him. Uh, outspoken pro wrestling person. We're about to find out. Outspoken pro wrestling personality Jim Cornette has taken to social media to rip into a fan who claims that they jumped the barricade at the AW Dynamite Road Rager show in his name. It was an altercation that started the Chris Jericho and NGS segment on this week's episode of the show. Both Jericho and Maxwell Jacob Freeman referenced the fat bastard jumping the rail during their promos. The fan was in the jail following the incident. However, he has now taken to social media himself to tell Cornette and Brian Laz that he did it in the name of real wrestling fans. Jim Cornette responds to dipshit. Uh, how did you like my AEW debut? The fan wrote, I did this for all of us real wrestling fans. Wrestling is no longer a safe space for friends to dance around and play dress up. Reality can hit at any time. The man removed from Dynamite continued. Do they think it's going to, it is going to be a fuck is going to be fucking playtime forever? Despite Jim Cornette like, not liking AEW or some of the stars on the show, he absolutely ripped the fan a new one for his actions. Said that he does not do anything in his name. God, got news for you, dipshit, Cornette began. The ring is sacred ground for us. And even if you and a lot of others think you can kick the shit out of the young bucks, I would have turned you into a tennis racket popsicle. You're lucky someone there didn't gut you like a fish and you're blocked, Cornette concluded. Cornette's podcast host, Brian Lass, also lambasted the barricade jumper saying, real wrestling fans don't jump the rail. You should be embarrassed. You are blocked. Wow. I mean, um, yeah, but that's what happens when you spew so much fucking hate, whatever. I mean, you get extremists from one side to another. I'm not blaming Cornette. And, I mean, I kind of do because, I mean, when you go to a tirade like that and when it becomes unchecked, and I'm glad he sat there and said, hey, listen, man, you know, I don't condone this. And he's right, though. It's for the boys. But the thing is, you know, without being anybody or let me break it down. When you haven't had people in the audience for a long time, they want to sit there and do something that's big, whatever, and it sucks that they use him as a martyr, because, I mean, Jim Cornette's going to be the martyr for this when it comes to it. 
but he did the right thing. He sat there and said, no, um, you know, this is not on me. I don't condone this. I don't like this at all. But at the same token, it's like, you know, if you go on spewing this hate, whatever, it, that's the hate with other people, the words you pronounce when, when you're a public figure, some people are going to take it to heart and become their own mission to get things done. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, you got to be careful what you say in front of people. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the truth. Am I wrong? I mean, I see the point you're trying to make, but my, and the thing is this. Um, it's now like here on it, people who are entertainers or people who are just public speakers or anything in general, public figures, I'll say. Um, they have a right to say whatever they want. If you don't, if you're not smart enough to know the difference between right and wrong, there's something wrong with you. Now, I give Cornette all the credit in the world for coming out and saying, I don't condone this fucking shit. Like, he let the guy have it. So, the way I see it, that was, that, that was over and done with. Although, I don't think Cornette really needed to say anything about it because, you know, bottom line is, people are fucking crazy. If, if it wasn't Cornette, it was going to be another reason he jumped that fucking barricade. Because... You know, no, no, it's not. No, I, I, I see what you're talking. About. I, I, I see what you're talking about. But the thing is, like, you gotta be careful what you say. And I, you know, I've been saying it for a long time. A lot of people are still crazy. A lot of people are done. Whatever. So when you feel the kind of hate, whatever, I get it. Though you're, you're, and the thing is, like, you know, you know me, and you know, you know me and Jim. I, I like Jim. Yeah. You know, he, I don't agree with him wholeheartedly, but I do respect Jim. I think, I think it's great. He's, I think he's the greatest historian. Now let me, let me read it right back. He's the greatest wrestling historian I've ever heard in my whole life. This passion for learning about the past, um, you know, getting old pamphlets and newsletters and newspapers, trying to uncover more about the resident business than anybody else. He's got a true passion. Like, I think I'm a fan. Jim Cornette's the biggest fan. Not only has he worked for the companies before, but he's like a true fan at heart. He's, he's the biggest mark of the marks. Like, he is the original mark. He is the original originator of, like, knowing everything. He wants to be everything to wrestling. He wants to know everything about wrestling. There's so much more. That's why he gets upset with AEW, and I get it. But, like, it goes unchecked. Um, that guy was um, unchecked. And the thing is, like, it presented a good opportunity. Now, Jim Cornette was like, hey, listen, I do not condone this. I know I spew a lot, of, a lot of hate, a lot of shit, whatever, but that is just for the boys. So this event maybe needed to happen because uh, who knows what happened next week or the week after. So I'm glad he brought it out and said something. Hey, if you listen to my show, I do not condone this. I might not like what I see on TV. It doesn't mean you have to go in there and beat somebody up. But, yeah. you know, but it has to go checked. And it looks like Jim Cornette was checked on this one. Well, yeah. because Something he, bad. But yeah. It's something is, bad. I mean, Chris, I mean, Chris Jericho did the right thing by tackling the guy down. They stopped it before it happened and the show continued on. But the thing is, like, you know, Jim Cornette has to be, hey, by the way, this is my opinion. I don't want, just because you're in a cult of Cornette does not mean you're going to sit there and fight somebody because you feel like you're defighting my honor. That's not the truth. That's not what it is. You could, you could fight online. You can sit there and use your words not your fist, and not put other people's bodies in danger, because if I was there, I would have gave you my tennis rack. I would have made you, like, smithereens, and he was absolutely right to say it. And that's the thing, because, you know, even though Cornette's not a fan of AEW, the bottom line is this. He's still one of the boys. And... Exactly. It's, it's a family thing. It's like, if he said, it, like, if Cornette could have been there in a match against the Young Bucks as a manager... And still would have fucked that fan up if they tried to put their hands on the Young Bucks, no matter how much Cornette doesn't like the Young Bucks. Because 
when you're in the business, you still protect your own. There's a code. And Cornette is very Absolutely. big on the rules and the code and everything else. And he and if somebody came in to jump the barricade and attacked Cornette, he expects the young bucks to do the same for him. And I would hold the bucks accountable if they didn't. It's like you know Cornette doesn't have Cornette is not required to like anybody in wrestling. But you still got to protect no. the boys if a fan decides he wants to be part of the action. There's still a code and, and again, that everybody again, follows. I believe, and, and, and the thing is, like, I, be, I believe, in my own humble opinion, I believe that this had to be taking place. And the thing is, I'm glad it happened the very first show. The very first show that this happened on, I'm glad it happened because that's the standard for going forward. So, you know, I think Jim Cornette handled it perfectly. I think that when a fan tried to sit there and say I was I was there for Cornette, Cornette is completely disregarding and say, no, 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 listen, asshole. You are not one of the boys. You can't be there. So I'm glad it happened the way it did because it had to happen. Jim Cornette's not in the wrong. He's simply just speaking his voice. Now, I love Jim Cornette's voice. I mean, I don't agree with that 100%, but I think he's one of the smartest, brilliant people when it comes to wrestling. His wrestling, his wrestling acumen is fucking second to none. I love it. I think it's perfect. I don't wholeheartedly agree with everything he says, and that's fine because it's you know my opinion's not right all the time. I mean, I think I know a lot about wrestling when it comes to things, but it doesn't mean I'm always right because I'm not. I wish I was, um, but it's, it's the, the truth of the matter is I'm not. Um, but I like him because he brings a whole different side to wrestling, and it makes me think. That's what that's a, the best thing about Cornette is he makes me think about the product I watch, and he puts a reality check on it. And the thing is, a lot of people need that, and these people who listen to him for a long time. They're they're so much into the cult, they don't they they kind of blur the lines. Like, I, I can just do whatever I want because I'm doing this for Cornette. That there's extremists for everything when it comes to Christians, when it comes to atheists, when it comes to Muslims, when it comes to whatever. If you're extremist, you're extremist. You're crazy. You know what I'm saying? Doesn't matter what. No matter what. What is you follow? Yeah, exactly. And um, so in other news, um, we got something interesting here. A A W All Out. Is sold out. <laughs> like, wow! It takes thought? yeah. They put out a pre-sale ticket event. Nearly every ticket got sold out. Then this past Friday, they went out to the general public. Boom. And I'm I, I and I'm gonna be honest right now. I'm gonna say this. I think the Adam Page Kenny Omega stare downs what sold it out. That's my theory. Um. I'm kind of link it to two things. One, I think boredom and being at stuck at the house and actually going to live wrestling events sold it. I don't think it was just like don't get me wrong. I love Hangman and Page. Um, <coughs> Hangman and Page and Okay Omega is gonna be a banger. Um, this story's been telling for a long time. I told you guys last week. If you guys listen to AEW or if you guys listen to the show that we put out the other day, I, I did one with Vinny the other day and told you the history of. Um, uh, Hangman and Page that uh, I don't think anybody's brought up to YouTube yet. I think I'm the first person to bring it up. Hopefully I am. Uh, maybe I will listen to everything on the internet, but I think um, it's a good storyline that I weaved for the Hangman and Page story. Um, but I think the fact that we're having a pay-per-view with AEW and plus having Hangman and Alan Kenny Omega, it's going to sell itself. The stare down probably did a whole bunch too, but it's also because people want to go back to normal. And the first thing you want to do when you're normal is you want to go to a fucking show. Because Vinny, you know when AEW comes to town... Despite as much as much as you hate it, are you are you not going to go with me to AEW when it comes to town? Oh, totally. I, I will. We will find a yeah. way to make that happen. 
and we're going. <coughs> we don't have to donate to State Farm or we don't have to do anything else. Whatever the, whatever the price for tickets are, we're going. I know I am. There is nothing that well, stop me well, to go to a fucking AEW show. Well, we didn't donate to State Farm. We donated to the American Red Cross. There we go. That's yeah, we who we donated, donated to. Donated we, get, we gave them a fifty dollars donation. They gave us two tickets, and we went to the event. Yeah, it was it was good times. It was for a good cause, and um, it was definitely really nice. So I had a great time. Uh, Vinny Butch came with me. We pledge our allegiance to the Dark Order. Back when it was something completely different to where it's at right now. Exactly. Um, but uh, you know, everything's everything's come back to normalcy. So um, it's really good to see. I love it. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. So yeah, AW. I can't wait. Uh, whatever does happen, it's gonna be sweet. So absolutely, and we got uh in other news, um, we got something cool here. This may or may not be the last one because we do got to wrap this up at some point. Um, we got Jim Ross believes Lex Luger should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. The voice of wrestling Jim Ross has spoken out on his Grilling with JR podcast about ex-WWE star Lex Luger, focusing particularly on why he believes Luger should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. During his time in the ring, Lex Luger held multiple championships. While he never truly succeeded in WWE, Jim Ross feels it's only a matter of time before he is inducted. I believe that Lex Luger will be in the WWE Hall of Fame, Ross said. Recent talk of Lex Luger and a Hall of Fame induction have been, both, have been backed by both Corey Graves and Mick Foley, the latter of whom wrote a lengthy post dis- dis- dissecting the matter. During his podcast, Jim Ross spoke at length about how he believes Lex Luger deserves to be included, despite the history. He also... Resurrected his frustrations with how the Hall of Fame ceremony is conducted, stating how he hoped Lex Luger would get the right amount of time needed to tell his story. I think it will be a popular decision when it occurs because he will be allowed his two or three minutes he's allocated, which we've talked about before, is ridiculous. Don't induct so damn many people. Have a manageable number of people so that they have the appropriate time using common sense logic to tell their story. He's got a hell of a story to tell. Uh, Jim Ross alluded to previous inductees who had a rocky relationship with the company. However, he believes Luger's induction will be sooner rather than later because telling his uh, post-telling his post-humorously humorous, whatever the fuck that goes, just doesn't work as well. If they want to tell stories and they want a visual, Lex is obviously, thank God, still alive. Here's a guy that will be rolled onto the stage to tell his story. He's in a wheelchair. If you're looking for a story, this could be a great story and a story of success because Lex found true happiness in his faith. I think that he'll be in, and I think it will be a great induction. I truly believe that. I think that some old wounds just don't heal as quickly as others when you embarrass the company to some degree. There are a lot of names worthy of being the WWE Hall of Fame. Les Luger is one of them. Hopefully, Jim Ross's words will be heard, and the right call will be made. Um, I know they had a, a documentary for Lex Luger they pulled from WWE. It was supposed to be on this week, actually. It was supposed to be on tonight as we speak. Did you know that? Uh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, they pulled it from this week. They were, they were advertising on, on the network on the cock all week. And, uh, I mean, uh, I guess I heard a story about it. I think it was either this week or last week. I think it was this week. Um, they, were, they, were, they were going to error the documentary on Lex Luger, and they pulled it because I guess they were kind of waiting for the pay-per-view to go through and then having more eyes on it. So um, I think that's what they're waiting for. And they're going to kind of hold off on – they had a line, a slew of documentaries that are supposed to be coming out, and I guess they're going to have to wait to like, um, Money in the Bank or something, or something else to come up before they do any of the stuff on there. So, his story will be told. I think, I mean, 
This man has forgiven so many different people that fucked the company raw over. Like, for instance, Ultimate Warrior being the ultimate, like the big one, right? Um, this man has forgotten, forgive um, so many different people when it comes to the Hall of Fame. Um, Lex came in at WWE and he did the whole Lex Express. It was a Phil experiments. Uh, Lex left and went to WCW. And it, it's a business decision. I mean, you know, people break up and do stuff, and I still believe that. Um, you know, I think he deserves a shot in there. He, he's, he's a changed man. He had to live with his demons. He had to deal with the death of Elizabeth. He's in a wheelchair now. He's wheelchair bound. He's not the narcissist anymore. He's more like the repentance guy. Um, you know, it's if anybody deserves it, it's him, man. He did a lot for the company. I, it, it was a small stint. He did stuff. He did great stuff in WCW, which obviously WWE owns. Why not own up to it? I mean, I think Buff should be in the Hall of Fame. He should. I think Scott Steiner should. I think Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner should be in a Hall of Fame. Yeah, um, they'll never go in because they don't want to. That's the problem. I mean, I get, I know, I get that. And, you know, same thing with like, you know, there's a lot of different people who say they want to be in it though. But at the same time, at the same token, like those po those people gave up their lives. Like if you know, if you know wrestling, then I'm not just speaking from AEW, from WWE or WWF from the time we were watching it. They give up their whole lives. They give up their personal lives. You know, they couldn't sit there and have a wife. If they had a wife, if they had a wife and kids, they didn't see them. You know, Ric Flair, prime example, uh, Owen Hart, Bret Hart, all these people, whatever, who had kids or whatever, they give up their livelihood to sit there and, you know, try to be something and put some kind of stuff together. Lex Luger's no exception. You know, his body, he, his body went through pain and, you know, he got addicted to pills and, and he was drinking a lot and did a whole bunch of crazy shit, whatever. And yeah, yeah, you know, he had a bad falling out with um, WWE. But at the same time, though, like, you forgive so many other people when it comes to it. How could you now forget about that, too? <clears throat> that's what I'm, that's that's what I'm thinking. So I mean, yeah, and they're all very valid points to make. They really are, because at the end of the day, um, Lex Luger is one of the all-time greats, hands down. Um, in WCW, he was one of the biggest stars in the company, hands down. In WCW, he was definitely one of the biggest names, biggest stars. He did become a world champion down there as well. He should have been. Uh, Luger, to me, was always incredibly talented. You know, I, I was honored to interview him with Buff on the podcast. I was honored to get to meet him uh, a few weeks ago in Florida. You know, um, actually, no, it was actually about a month ago now. Now that I think about it, it was a month ago in Florida. I was honored to get a chance to meet him, um, you know, and I tried to apologize for the uh, question that got worded wrong, but Lex said, it, it must not be that big a deal because I don't even remember it. But he remembered me interviewing him, but he didn't remember the question. So we had a great conversation and got an autograph and a picture. It was great. You know, so I was happy to get to make amends with him. Um, but, you know, Lex, to me, deserves a Hall of Fame. And he technically has a Legends contract with WWE. So there is him going into the Hall of Fame, it is a possibility. Although Lex has said if he gets the Hall of Fame, he would definitely accept it. But if he doesn't get the Hall of Fame, uh, he's fine with it because the Lex we saw on TV is not the same Lex you meet when you go to autograph signings and stuff. He's a totally different person, and the stuff yeah, that just, he I just, I just, I used mean, to care about, he doesn't care about anymore. Like, for me, I, I just wish we'd get that before a post-mortem. You know what I'm saying? Like, me too. That's, that's, I, I, I'd rather have him be there before because, like, it's not going to kill WWE at all to put him in it, it won't take much it's like okay you build it up for a couple months 
You get him on TV for like what five, ten minutes, let him tell a story and say, Hey, it was so much fun. It was good to hang out with you guys. Thank you so much for inducting me. It means a lot to me. Um, I didn't think I'd be here, but you know, I'm so glad that we could kind of, you know, I think that I think reparations from both sides, from both Vince and from WWE and from Lex, I think it'll mean a lot to Lex, but at the same time, Lex could sit there and say, Hey, no, though, you guys didn't have to do this, but you guys did. And I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for letting me into your club type thing, whatever. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be beneficial from both sides, especially with Lex being the way he is right now. And, and the same thing with Buff. I know Buff, you know, he had nuclear heat with, you know, uh, WWE as a whole, whatever. And same thing with Scott, um, Scotty, um, Scotty Steiner. Um, I, they don't have to approve of what's going on. I'll be like, hell, man, like, that'd be so cool, like, if they were to actually get it done, like, that'd be so sweet, you know, um, you know, just to be part of that club, because they were there, small stint, whatever it is, but maybe Buff didn't spend his whole time in WWE, but he was, he was still in WCW, yeah. um, same thing with Scotty, Scotty did, it, had, had a good stint, I mean, it wasn't, like, you know, anything glorious, but still he had a stint, so you want to do something like that, too, so, you know, it, I don't know, WWE, the Hall of Fame, is not a real place. It's in, it's in WWE's mind pretty much. Unless you have like a Hall of Fame or something like that, where it actually has like shrines with stuff that's on there. If it's just a a mental thing, then put that put that person in there. Yeah, that's what Steiner said. Scott Steiner said the exact same thing. Uh, oh wow, really? That yeah, that, that it's not, it's not a real place. It's, there's no building, so why the fuck do I care? Oh wow, he literally I, I, I that like Scott that. Steiner literally said the exact same thing. No shit. Well, Scott Scott is a, I mean, and it's true though because there's 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 no real place there. It's just more like um, it's a thought that you're in there. You get a ring. You're part of it. You're part of the group. You're part of the, you know, you're part of the fold. And the, and the thing is, like, they all did their part. You know, big or small, they're all part of it. You know, so um, how could you take that away? I mean, you can have your grudges, whatever, but put your grudges away for at least. You can put your grudges away for a couple months. Give them the ring, and after that, they don't have to worry about it again. Because it's not like Scott Steiner's going out there and bash WWE or do a podcast and do. There's there's no damage that Scott Steiner could do and say, well, he's a Hall of Famer. Um, we've had some other people who are Hall of Famers who did horrible things afterwards. So I don't know. It's 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 a weird situation. It really is. And um, uh, I think we have time for one more. I'm gonna do this. Um, and then I think this, we're gonna do this one more, and then we're gonna wrap this up because I do have to get to the airport. Um, we have. CM Punk. I'm going to talk about this since I know Elvis is a big fan of CM Punk and Zach is not. CM Punk. CM Punk's second UFC loss has officially been overturned. CM Punk's Punk's MMA career looks slightly better today with his second fight in the UFC now being declared a no contest. Punk now officially sits at 0-1-0. One no contest due to his second opponent failing a drug test from the fight way back in 2018. MMA Junkie reported, ironic, <laughs> that that was the place, the news recently, but it was apparently confirmed way back in October 2018 by authorities, but has only been confirmed publicly this week. Punk's opponent, Mike Jackson, reportedly tested positive for um, tetrahydrocannabinol due to marijuana, thus rendering the fight a no contest. Jackson was tested on the night of the fight, and this is when the failed test was administered. Uh, CM Punk has not reacted to this story publicly, and Jackson himself has been dismissive of the result being changed, saying on Instagram, it's funny how you losers think your opinions matter. 
Punk nor Mike Jackson have fought for the UFC since that contest at UFC 20 at UFC 225 in June 2020 with Dana White saying at the time that he didn't want Jackson back in the cage and that the gamble on Punk hadn't paid off. Punk is as always being rumored for a return to pro wrestling, although these rumors have softened somewhat over the past few months. With Tony Khan saying there will be big surprises coming in the next few months, Punk has once again been slated for a return to wrestling as a member of the All Elite roster. I, for one, welcome it. As always, um, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm just a big CM Punk fan, um, as you can tell. Uh, Chicago boy myself. I love the man. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of too little too late, but I guess it really doesn't matter. I mean, like, right? I mean, does it, does it really matter they got overturned now after all this time? Not really, no. I mean, it doesn't change anything because neither one of them is still going to go to the UFC. And... <laughs> All it does is further confirm why I have such a problem with UFC. I I hate the fact that this is the thing about UFC that bugs the shit out of me because it happens all the time and it pisses me off. Is that they do they do like five or six different drug tests on people. And it's like if you're that paranoid that a person's going to be on drugs, don't even have them in the fucking sh- sh- fight. See because people yeah, spend because I look at it like this. People spend money to watch these pay-per-views and watch these fights. So the second you can't especially the main event fights, and then all of a sudden the fight gets decided, you know what? This guy failed a drug test that he took that night, but we're not gonna wait for the results. We're still gonna have the fight. Then the guy then you find out the guy failed the test, and okay, we're gonna wave this fight off and pretend it never happened. Okay. Can my bank account pretend it never happened? Nope, we still keep your money. Am I the only one who thinks that's shady fucking business? Yeah, just a little bit. The fuck? That is the dumbest shit. See, my thing is this. With a drug test, you do it the same way you do a weigh-in. Like, Elvis, I, how, do you know how long it takes for a UFC fighter to get drug res- to get a test back from a drug result, to get a drug results from a test like that, from a drug test? No, no idea. Okay, let's say it takes five days. Let's just pretend. Five days. It's five days to get the results. All right. You test the fighters five days before the weigh-in. Maybe even six, just to be on the safe side. Then you get the results. After they weigh in, because they got to make the weight to even have the fucking fight. So as soon as they make the weight, you read the results. If they pass, they passed. That's it. Because the same thing with a weigh-in. You can weigh in, make the weight, go eat 10 pounds of goddamn hamburger meat, and still get in that fucking ring. Octagon. Whatever the fuck. Right. And so, to me, it's bullshit. The fight happens, it happens. And and also, let me just say, it, it, it makes the fact that it was due to marijuana makes CM Punk look even more like a bitch. Because you're a straight-edge guy who got your ass kicked by a fucking stoner. Hey, watch your words there, buddy. I'm just saying. There's always so much. I mean, look. There's always so much blasphemy. Hey, I'm just saying. Come on. You got... Everybody's... I'm just... I'm talking about his UFC career, not in general. As a wrestler, he was great. But in the UFC, he got fucked up and a stoner beat your ass. That is sad. But... And then, of course... You can control that. I mean, like... 
you know, you, you can't control what the people are taking when you get in fights, whatever. I mean, like, still could be a stone-cold fucking killer, and they just smoke pot, though. I mean, like, you, you can't really... You know what I'm saying? You can't, yeah. You can't use that as fucking logic, Vinny. I, I know. I'm just being... I'm just fucking around. But my point is... You're trying to be... You're just trying to be an asshole is what you're trying to do. I yeah, it, I'm trying. I tried. But my point is, is that... Obviously, there's going to be people out there they are going to give them shit like, oh, my God, he's on marijuana because I know that one of the... this track star, I think this female track star, female Olympian is in trouble for smoking marijuana and everybody's like mad that they're up in arms. It's like, look, I'm going to say this right now. If you've known me longer than a day, you know that I am very pro marijuana. I have on occasion smoked it and continue to do so. Why? Because... Yeah, I smoke weed. you smoking marijuana? Yep, I smoke it. I've smoked it before. Uh, I never, I don't, I never, I'm never holding, but if I'm somewhere, but if I have a friend who has some and they say, Hey, you want to take a hit? I'm like, sure. Cause my, I don't, I, none of my jobs that I have, all the work that I do, none of them randomly drug test. So until I get to a point where I have to start looking for another job, I'm going to smoke. If you, if I turn down marijuana, it's cause I'm looking for a job. You fucking heathen. Yeah. So I'm not against marijuana, but here's the thing. If you are an athlete or if you have a job that randomly drug tests, at any given moment, you can show up to work and piss in a cup. Why the fuck are you smoking this shit? If you... Are doing any of this shit and you're an athlete I think you're a fucking idiot unless you're doing it in the off season when you're not training or competing or whatever all right you have a break it's the off season all right take a couple do a couple bong hits in your mansion whatever the fuck the point is this if you're training you shouldn't be doing this shit if you have a job that randomly drug tests you shouldn't be doing this shit you should be smart enough not to do this shit and if you do and you get in trouble you're a fucking idiot. Simple as that. You You're go. a fucking idiot. And I'm tired of people trying to depend like, oh, marijuana's not a drug. I agree. But here are the facts. It's still illegal in a lot of places. So until we finally get that federal law that's going to legalize it in all forms, don't fuck with it if your job's on the line. It's that simple. Be fucking smart. I don't understand why people can't wrap this around your heads. It's common fucking sense. Wow. Someone, someone's on a rant today. Yeah, I just, I just, I just hate people who get mad over stupid shit. It's like cancel culture people. It's like, I'm not going to get into that today. We'll save that for next week. But my point is, is that I hate people that have jobs where you know you're going to get drug tested and you smoke pot anyway and want people to feel sorry for you that you lost your job. I don't. See, like I said, I have my, none of my jobs randomly drug test. Both of my bosses have said to me, if you smoke weed, that's fine. Just don't come to work smelling like weed. And don't have it on you when you're at work. Smoke it on your own time. 
That's fair. So I smoke it on my own time. I mean, it's 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 well, just it's simple go, shit. I mean, Elvis, does, does your job randomly drug test? Not randomly, no. Unless you get in a wreck or something, you do something stupid. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, and I'm sure you've partaked in the Mary Jane before. Oh, many times, but. Well, I mean, this is the thing about marijuana. So when I was younger, yeah, I smoked all the time. Like, you know, I think in my 20s, I did a lot. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot. So I was stupid, you know? I didn't really care. But it's just like as I got older, the more and more I took it, though, I just, like, I guess I'm such a talkative person. I hate not talking. So every time I smoke, it made me not want to talk. So I had a choice, either not smoke or smoke. So uh, I chose the talking situation. So I guess my mind just can't handle it. So that, that's that's pretty much a breakdown of it. So. Okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense. But that's just that's just always been my issue is that you – that's my philosophy. If, if you have a job that randomly drug tests or you're an athlete or you do something like that, you should not be smoking weed at all. Okay, you, it's like, look, no, I, I don't like the fact that it's, we don't like the fact that it's against the law, but the fact of the matter is, it's against the law. So if you have a, now if you have a job that doesn't randomly drug test, and you smoke, in, and you're in your house smoking weed on your own time, have at it, enjoy, as well you should, because it actually is a great stress reliever. But, if you, if, if your job's going to be on the line, don't sacrifice losing your job just to smoke weed it ain't worth it if you love weed that much that makes you a pothead and to me that's the only pot smokers that i consider to be losers are people who would who would sacrifice losing their job just just because they have to smoke weed to me that's a pot smoking loser simple as that but if you're not but if your job's not on the line and you're smoking just for fun you're not a loser. You're just smoking pot and having a good time, and you're not hurting anybody. I get it. All right. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I love to chat some more. I got plenty of topics here, but uh, sadly, we got to wrap this up because I got to head on over to the airport. But uh, Elvis is always my brother. No, I take three more hours, Vinny. Three more, three, three, <laughs> three more hours, brother. We got, we got three more hours. Come on, let's do it. Uh, we can't, man. I, I I'm on a schedule, but. Uh, I just want to say, man, thanks for so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, join me here on the show, and I definitely look forward to talking with you again next week. I'll be here. I'm more consistent now, I think, so I think I'm doing a little bit better. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, make sure you are following the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, and Google Podcasts. Follow, pick your favorite hosting site, follow us on there, or be a true fan, follow us on all also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content always available for you guys. Uh, if you haven't seen our AEW recap, make sure you check it out. It's up there right now. We recap the AEW Road Rager. Uh, so make sure you guys go over and check that out before you see AEW later this week. Also, make sure you're following us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos that we, pr that we put up there. Uh, on a consistent basis. Also, make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Uh, we got 
Check out our episodes of Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, our D&D one-shot, our wrestling watch parties, skits. We got more great content coming your way very soon, including new episodes of the Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring. You heard us mention The Ultimate Warrior. That's a video we're definitely going to be coming out to you guys, as well as the Brian Pillman videos, the Ultraviolence and Nick Gage, the Collision in Korea, uh, In the Shadow of Grizzly Smith, and, of course, the Dynamite Kid, all coming very soon once we can get together and get those videos made edited and out to you guys so make sure you guys are hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified to when those episodes come out as well as additional boochcast youtube content also make sure you are following us on twitch go to twitch.tv slash the boochcast that's where you can see our live watch parties and our live D&D show. You can live chat with us during both. Our next wrestling watch party will be Saturday, August the 21st for WWE SummerSlam. So make sure you're following us on Twitch to see when we go live for SummerSlam. Also, our D&D show is set to take place in October. We don't have a date set yet, but we know it will be in the month of October is when we're going to get that started. And we're going to have a lot of great stuff for you guys on that D&D show. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Also, uh, support the show through Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Uh, you can contribute to the show with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. It allows us to upgrade our equipment, bring in some bigger name guests. It allows us to pay the bills, as well as allow me to take care of the guys who work very hard behind the scenes to make the Boochcast happen. So if you have a favorite co-host and you feel like they deserve to be paid for their work, well, this is how you make it happen by Wait. becoming a supporter through anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. We have three different tiers. We will be coming out with prizes for each one. We don't have them set up yet, but we will soon. So if you contribute now, you will get your prize later. So you don't have to wait for the prize if you don't want to. Uh, we have three different tiers. One is 99 cents a month. That's right. For 99 cents, you can support the Boochcast and help us keep the show growing. Our second tier is $4.99 a month. The same you would pay for a Peacock subscription. You can bring here to the Boochcast. And I know a lot of you guys don't want to support the Peacock. I don't blame you. We got better content over here anyway. So bring that money our way. Also, our final tier is joining for a mere $9.99. That's right. The same amount you used to pay for a WWE Network subscription, you can now bring to us here on Anchor. So rather than waste your time with the WWE Network, bring it over here. We got better content anyway. So before we go, Elvis, is there anything you'd like to promote? No, not at all. Uh, don't follow me on social media. Don't follow me on Facebook. Do not follow me on Instagram. Do not follow me anywhere for you will not find me. If you do find me, you will see that my channel is locked. My product is locked. You'll never be able to find me, to like me, to subscribe me. Nothing at all. If you want to promote anything, um, I'd say uh, go to the Bootcast and subscribe. Don't forget to uh, like and subscribe our Instagram, our Facebook, our YouTube channel. Um, like Vinny said, we are going to be doing D&D later on. I'd say your friends, uh, your like-minded friends, hey, you like wrestling? You like D&D? You like stupid shit? You like comic books? Hey, we have these two idiots who has the worst podcast in the world. You can even tell your friends, it's the worst podcast in the world. And you can listen to us and say, wow, it is the worst podcast in the world. I like this show. I want to listen to the worst podcast. You can tell your friends, 
And that's going to be our hashtag. We're going to make a t-shirt called The Worst Podcast in the World, The Boochcast, here with Vinny Bucci and Alvin Stolinski on a weekly basis, here to bring in AEW, NXT, the world of wrestling, and beyond. It's going to be amazing, folks. So if you like our show, like, subscribe, and if you can't afford the 99 cents, the $4.99 or $9.99 to subscribe to us, you can help us out. Press that subscribe button. It helps out a lot, though. It won't take you nothing but two seconds. Don't press the little hearts. Press the up button. Press forward. Press uh, share. And give it to your friends and say, hey, I have a podcast that it's the worst podcast. I'm going to share with you because you got to listen to this garbage fire. So if you like our show, enjoy, subscribe, love us. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. So, Vinny, thank you so much for hanging out with me. It was definitely a lot of fun. Um, I really had a lot of fun talking about AEW last night. I'm glad uh, we did that yesterday. And I look forward to next week's show. Absolutely, me too. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, pizza baby. baby. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. A la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.